Hi, this is Susan Diol, and you are listening to the Quantum Leap Podcast. In 1995, theorizing that one could time travel within their own lifetime, Dr. Sam Beckett stepped into the Quantum Leap Accelerator and vanished. After years of attempting to bring him home, the project was abandoned. Until now. Dr. Ben Song risked everything when he used the Quantum Leap Accelerator to travel back in time. Now our team's working to find out why. As he leaps between bodies with no memory of who he is, he still has one hope. That his next leap takes him back to the place and people he calls home. You are listening to the Quantum Leap Podcast. This is episode 117, Somebody Up There Likes Ben. Wait a second, there must be a misunderstanding, okay? That's for combinations, like you said. You good. You good. Little brother here just got distracted and all. Dan, you straight? You know where you are? Not really. Addison, what went wrong? This makes three leaps now. You said I'd leap back. We are still trying to make sense of the code that you uploaded. So, until then, I say that you and I focus on getting you safely through whatever this leap is. Okay, your name is... Danny Hill. I'm a boxer in Las Vegas. We're in the 1970s. I've just leapt into the body of a fighter whose title shot is tomorrow. He lost, didn't he? Yeah, evidently. I mean, Danny was the odds-on favorite, but something went wrong. Newspaper reports said he fought sloppy, like he was distracted. He got knocked out in the second round, and his career never really recovered. Okay, Daryl the Hammer Hill is Danny's only family. Their parents died in a fire when Danny was just eight. So Daryl raised Danny, protected him. Yeah, and taught him how to fight. Daryl was a top-ranked boxer himself before he got drafted into Vietnam. Never fought after that. So Danny's getting the title shot Daryl never had. We were right. Ben is trying to get to a specific moment in space time. We just can't tell where or when. If we take the first moment that he left and we use it as a center, then I think that each leap is a stopping point on a way to this endpoint. What's not clear is the path he's taking to get there. Why not? For starters, Ben just leapt into a pass that's beyond his own lifetime. That's supposed to be impossible. Yeah, it was, but Ben got rid of almost all of our safety protocols before he got into the machine, so nothing's impossible now. How many leaps to get where he's going in? I would say no less than 10, but probably closer to 20. Saved by the baby killer. Daryl, Daryl, what are you doing? I was serving my country in Vietnam. You gonna stand there and call me that? What's the matter? A little too close to the truth. Ben, I've seen this before. This is PTSD. I don't think this is just about winning a fight, Addison. How did Ziggy miss this? After Danny loses the fight, Daryl's forced to sell the gym. With his debts mounting up, he took his own life, Ben. I think you're here to save him. Welcome to the Quantum Leap Podcast, everyone. I'm Christopher DeFilippis. I'm Allison Pregler. And I'm Matt Dale. And today we are reviewing Season 1, Episode 3, Somebody Up There Likes Ben, also known as The Boxing Episode. Anyway, it will come to be known as The Boxing Episode. The second boxing episode? I don't know. (laughs) I guess it would be the second. They didn't do another boxing episode. That works. That tracks. Yeah. B squared. (laughs) Is it ding, ding, ding? 
Maybe. <laughs> I don't know no. what you were doing it's a, there. It's a bad joke. <laughs> you know what I'm thinking of? Do you remember um, at the end of Rocky Two? No. When he's when he's fighting. <laughs> no, I don't either. Not I seen can tell it. You, I've seen no Rocky movies. <laughs> well, he's fighting Apollo at the end of Rocky Two, and uh, they're in the ring and they're looking at each other. And that's uh, Dolph Lundgren. No, no, Dolph Lundgren. That's Draco. Right. Oh. Okay. I'm a- sorry. I know Apollo nothing. Apollo is Carl Weathers. Oh, okay. And. Uh, he says, hey, aren't you going to ring us in? And Carl Weathers looks at Sylvester Sloan. He goes, ding, ding. Ding, ding. <laughs> Somebody out there understands this reference, and thank you for being old like me. Can we call this the left hand of Ben? <laughs> Does that work? See, the real oldsters out there uh, know that the title of this is referencing, uh, I believe, a 50s boxing movie, Somebody Up There Likes Me. <laughs> yeah, hmm? yeah. Apparently so. Yeah. So, I haven't seen that movie. Has anyone seen that movie? I'm sure some people have seen it. Neither of us have, No, I mean mean among us. (laughs) No. I I don't mean to speak for you, Matt. I figured you didn't. (laughs) No. No. (laughs) We've talked about my love of boxing movies before, right? I'm sure we've all talked about this in The Right Hand of God, but we'll talk about it again. I wonder if uh, Raymond Lee has seen it. He seemed to be a boxing fan when we talked to him. Yes. Yeah. We did talk to him. You just, Mm -hmm. oh, we let this out of the bag. Oh, so in this episode of the Quantum Leap podcast, we just happened to have an interview with the one, the only, the Ben Song himself, Raymond Lee. Raymond Lee joined us. Yeah. We're going to give full disclosure here. Um, We spoke to Raymond last night before the screener dropped, and the screener just dropped about an hour ago, and we're on the mic all giddy because the screener dropped. So, Um, (laughs) But we did have an amazing conversation with Raymond. Uh, We spoke in broad terms about this episode, but also just about a lot of other good stuff. So it was a privilege. It was terrific. And uh, you guys are going to get to hear that after the break. So stick around for that. If you want to hear about Ben Song's shits, then stick around (laughs) we can't open every podcast talking about this we just can't we can and we have (laughs) somebody stop us (laughs) somebody up there stop us somebody up there likes spends shits (laughs) I think it's Matthew Dale (laughs) somebody crossed the pond anyway Yes. All right. So, uh, yeah. So stay tuned for that. Uh, We spoke to Raymond for quite a while and um, he was just amazing and fantastic and terrific. And you will get to hear that. Oh, my God. I'm still on cloud nine about that. I'm a cloud nine. But um, yeah. So lots of stuff to talk about in this episode. Why don't we just get right into it? We'll do some first impressions. Allison. Well, something monumentous happened today. I <laughs> hoped it would. I quite enjoyed this episode. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yes! Oh, they got me! <laughs> Those sons of bitches, they hooked me! It, there, there was a, a noticeable difference uh, in, in quality, and I think part of that comes from um, just giving the show time, but part of it was I, I think they did figure out a bit more about what works and what doesn't. So, yeah, I thought this was a big improvement on what we've seen so far. How about you, Matt? Yep, exactly the same. I mean, the the last two episodes I have I've enjoyed, but through that view of I'm I'm giving it a bit of an easy ride because it's Quantum Leap and it's back. Uh this episode was just so good. And I I have no interest in boxing movies or boxing TV. <laughs> I I I went into this expecting like 
Oh, the leap story is going to be painful, but all right. And uh, yeah, I was very pleasantly surprised. Uh, yeah, ditto, ditto, ditto. This was an honest to GTFW episode of Quantum Leap. I am, I'm over the moon. I'm so yeah. happy. I'm like giddy. Like I was tearing up. I was so happy yes, watching this. Right. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, what you both said. I somehow they found the balance. The heart was there. The humor was there. The dynamic was there. I'm gonna gush because I'm on a high. And it's funny because we have been sort of um, dancing around the issue that we're not entirely satisfied with the way the first two episodes went. Uh, I've been dancing a little bit. Allison's been very blunt about it. And, uh, <laughs> to the point where I almost, you know, I, I, I was talking to, to, to both of you guys, this is for the listeners out there, I was talking to the to, to the crew, and I was thinking, do we need to restructure the way we do the show um, so that we can highlight what we like as much as how we're disappointed? Because to be frank, I've been like... I don't know about bummed, but just like I, I felt like some some of the joy has been missing out of the last two episodes mm-hmm. because we've been trying to find our footing. We've been trying to figure out how do we talk about the new quantum leap because if there's one constant that we've always had is that we love quantum leap and we 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 love the fact that quantum leap is back, but we've been sort of struggling to figure out how how, how do we feel about this this new show. Anyway, I have, and I've I've been wanting to highlight the positive and not circle around just what it isn't, but I feel like that's what we've been doing. To the point where I said, okay, well, maybe we restructure so we can speak about everything with a little bit more more balance, so that everybody knows that we're not just a bunch of Debbie Downers. Yeah, I mean, I, I worried about coming off too negative, but at the same time, like for for me personally, I just I just am not good at it pretending, you know, I feel differently about something. Like we're always honest about it, and I think I did restructure a lot of some of my initial feelings about the pilot, <laughs> especially. You know, I, mm. I was quite angry about it to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, part of that is just restructuring, like how how I think about this and and um trying to be positive, but trying to be honest about it. Like, I never want to be like a liar about anything and like pretend like this was great when really like I I didn't have a good time with it. Um, at the same time, the things that I, I liked that I wanted to see more of, I feel like in this episode, they did. So I feel like some mm. of the things we've had problems with have been course corrected in some ways. The strange thing that I found with this, though, um, and I, I completely agree with you, but it was still breakneck speed, lots of stuff happening. Still, like, I haven't sat and done the percentages yet, which I have done for the first two episodes, but I still like 50-50 Project Leap. Still, that stuff is all there, but they did it so well. It just hit all the right notes. They they made the most of it this time. It, it's like, yeah, they this concept that they had originally, if we're going to turn this into an ensemble thing, we're going to have just as much set up the project. Um it's like the the first couple of episodes they weren't really quite sure how to deal with that and now they've they've figured it out. I did a uh, a a rough count of the amount of minutes spent on the project in this episode and it was about 11 and a half 12 minutes which considering how short uh TV is now and you take out the the credits and the opening saga cell and stuff like that. I don't know how much more different it is uh, than the last week's um, offhand, but I feel like the stuff at the project this time around, the way that they structured the edit, it, they jumped around less and they also related what was happening in the project more to what was directly happening to Ben. 
they had story stuff moving forward, but a lot of stuff they were talking about had to do with what was going on at the moment and felt more connected to what was happening. Um, the stuff with Addison had to do with how she was, she was feeling with Ben, which was connected to what was going on in the leap. Um, they had stuff with Ian where they were talking about how to solve this particular leap. So I feel like more of it felt like it, it had anything to do with the other story. I was hoping to make this a, a regular thing, but um, as Chris alluded to, we haven't really had time. This has just come straight from, uh, we've just come straight from watching the screener. So yeah, Alison's uh, count of 11 and a half minutes standing. Um, episode one had 13 minutes, 19 seconds in the present day. Episode two had 14 minutes, seven seconds. So we're looking at like a minute and a half less. Not significantly different. I do feel like they... they um jumped around less in this episode i could be wrong but it at least felt to me less jarring like it wasn't like constantly skipping back and forth like you would have like an eight minute opening sequence that was just the leap before you got to the project stuff and it felt like it was less like 30 seconds of this one minute of this etc well, yeah, and this is where I was sort of going with my original point of maybe readdressing how we structure our show based on the structure of this show so that we can talk about the good, the bad, everything. Um, but I'm – honestly, you guys are, are doing an amazing job with keeping track of this. I, I, I could care less about the calculus of it. I could care less about the project stuff versus the leap stuff. If they're able to strike the same sort of organic balance that they did in this episode between the project stuff and the leap stuff, I, I don't care what percentage of what is where. All I want to know is that it all comes to some sort of cohesive balance that gives you a satisfying show. So if they spent 45 minutes and three minutes, you know, with the leap versus the project of vice versa, I don't care as long as we have sort of an organic experience that feels like quantum leap. And I feel like no matter what uh, the amount of time spent between the leap or the project in this episode, whatever the balance is, they struck it story-wise. So it doesn't have to be 10 minutes here, 40 minutes there. It doesn't have to be 30 minutes here, 30 minutes there. It just has to all flow organically. And I think they did it in this instance. I don't care, but I I think, it, just to underline your point, I think the fact that they achieved that and it felt right without actually changing the balance mathematically. Yeah, the, the maths isn't the important thing. Um, but the fact that, that we came away feeling more satisfied about that, and it wasn't that they'd they'd suddenly shifted it one way or the other, I find that quite interesting. And it, it speaks to the fact that they've 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 got to something plot wise that's that's making more sense. Yeah, well I think also it's it's down to editing and story wise, why is this happening? Uh, the last time it felt very jarring because the isolation of space, the elements that they were introducing in the Leap story, um, kept getting interrupted by the more action-based thumb drive stuff. And it, it story-wise, really wasn't connected to the Leap portion of it. It was connected to the overarching story. So it felt like two different shows fighting for the same screen time. And it's interesting when you look at um, – there's a Quantum Leap Reddit – uh, and people were talking about the, the time percentages and keeping track of this. 
a lot of people were very surprised that it wasn't an exact 50-50. I was surprised it wasn't an exact 50-50 because the project stuff felt so overwhelming and it felt like it was taking over the show. It felt like it was more of the show when it was the opposite. So I think like, um, because this episode in particular, again, uh, related to what was happening in the leap, it felt less like two stories fighting each other. It felt like they, they were connected more. They weren't in the boxing ring together, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So we liked it. We've established that so far, yeah? Yeah, Yeah, I think we liked it. (laughs) We liked it. Uh, You know what was great? We saw it. I feel like I'm really, really glad this is the episode that we have the Raymond Lee interview on because I feel like for the first time, he really got to shine. Yes. Oh my really God. got to see so, so much good. more of Ben in this episode. Yeah. Um, he had a lot of great moments where Ro- Raymond Lee was allowed to act like he was allowed to really like be in the moment. And I don't mean to be insulting he was allowed to act, but I mean like it was so quick and because this character is being led around so much, he didn't have a lot of moments to really be in the scene, be in the moment. And I think in this episode, they really allowed him that time. Well, one thing he did discuss, uh, and you guys will hear it after the break, in in the interview, um, we had asked him specifically about that. Will we be able to see Ben settling into a leap? Will we be able to see more of a balance? Will there be like less breakneck speed? And he assured us that, yes, we would. It's never going to be the original series because TV is just different these days. But they do have more breathing room. As the series goes on, because you're getting all of the backstory out of the way, you're getting all of the setup out of the way. And I feel like they finally made an episode for us, for the fans of Quantum Leap. Going back to that that conceit, I know, Allison, you did not like the project stuff in the first two episodes. Um, and I know that we, we've all had problems with it to some degree or another, but to just prove a point um and this is anecdotal so maybe it's not proving a point it's just happening in my house (laughs) right now laura's been watching these with me and i asked her at the end of the last episode with all the janice stuff and all the beth stuff and what what do you think and she loved it she's like this is so good she's like i love the leap stuff i love the project stuff i love the chase stuff i love the mystery i love i love everything so she is the audience, I believe, that they're going for in the sense that it's 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 speaking to someone that is maybe not so much Quantum Leap fan. And that's weird to say because, you know, I wrote the Quantum Leap book. I, you know, I, I'm the Quantum Leap podcast host and she's married to me. But she's not, you know, she is at best a casual fan of Quantum Leap, right? She knows about it because of me. Right. And she wouldn't be watching it without me, but she, what she's seeing in this series, the stuff that we didn't like, she loved. Mm. Yeah, so they're I, doing on the flip something. side of this, you on know? the flip side of this here, not to be a Debbie Downer here, Debbie oh, Downer, but the, the legacy stuff with Quantum Leap that's tying into the original Quantum Leap, should it not appeal more to the fans of the original Quantum Leap than the fan, the people who don't, that aren't uh, super fans? You know, like, isn't that what it's supposed to be aimed at? It's supposed to be aimed at the these super fans of the show, right? I mean, like... No, I, I think what they're trying to do is... is if they're tying it into network. Al and his daughter and the hand link and all this other that's, stuff that's like that. That's the stuff for us, but I'm talking yeah, but about specifically that... <laughs> I'm talking about the structure and the pacing and the plot points that we've had an issue with, which is it being not so much quantum leapy. We're waiting for more quantum leap stuff as opposed to someone who's a casual viewer watching it. And the one that I have, you know, captive here in the house, 
is right. really, really enjoying what she's seeing so far. I'm gonna I'm gonna sound like a, a cocky asshole here. <laughs> <laughs> I've been reading a lot of reviews from people who aren't me, who aren't super fans, people who are fans, all sorts of people, and uh, and my own opinion as someone who has been a, a critic for over a decade now, I kind of get some basic story structure stuff. Um, I don't think I'm wrong on these criticisms. I don't think I'm wrong about some of the things that they've been getting wrong, um, or that they, that we didn't like in the first two episodes. And a lot of people have been saying the same thing. I don't think it's just an issue of super fans versus casual viewers. And I don't think it's a turnoff for everyone. But I think a lot of people are like, yeah, this is kind of messy, this structure. And I think like, like we said before, this episode struck a better balance while having the same formula. So it's not necessarily, you know, we just don't like, this kind of stuff with the project and then stuff with the the leap like it's just the way that they're approaching it like the first couple episodes just didn't jive exactly i don't have uh any defense on that i you're absolutely right i'm just giving an alternate point of view which i found somewhat surprising because i thought she was going to say oh it's okay oh it's you know it's <laughs> it's, it's not quant-. but she was like genuinely enjoying it so I just felt a need to maybe bring that perspective, which we really haven't had on the sure. podcast since it since it premiered, uh, the new series premiered anyway. Um, because the other thing, in, again, going back to why I thought we would need to sort of maybe restructure the show based on the new show and all this, we've always celebrated Quantum Leap. This, this show has always been a celebration. And I wanted to make sure that we continued in that vein, even if it was different. Sure. But with, with, with this episode... I don't think we need to restructure anything. If no. they keep going on with this, this is Quantum Leap. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and there are many ways. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm so excited. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Sue me, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, to, to focus on the good stuff, yeah, I do feel like they, they were hitting their stride in this episode, and it was great. It was great when uh, Addison showed up. I felt like her character and Caitlin Bassett were becoming more comfortable in this role, they allowed mm-hmm. there to be moments of humor, even though she was going through some stuff in this episode. But it felt like it had a, a balance there. I was getting more of a feel of who she is as a person. Um, there felt like a little more contrast with her and Ben as well, which was good. We need to have like a little more contrast there. Um, I felt more that the show was in the time and place it was supposed to be. It felt a little more relevant that it was in the 70s as yeah. opposed to... You know, all the first two episodes really could have been any time. Um, yep, so it felt yep. a little more like a time travel show as well. I feel like there was less focus on just action. This was more emotionally connected to what was going mm. on in The Leap. Really strong moments. Yeah. Um, one thing that they did carry forward finally from the original series is that this was a very issues-oriented episode uh, dealing with, with Vietnam and PTSD. And uh, you guys can probably see it on the YouTube channel after you listen to this. I spoke to John Chafin, who played Daryl in this episode. And um, he, I think, was amazing in this. I thought he was right. so good. And it, it was it was like sort of that, that meaty kind of um, like, like it, I, I just felt like it mattered. In this episode, they weren't going through the motions. And I know a lot of Quantum Leap, you know, it, it can be very, like, you have to set up the the problem and then get to the solution. But there was always, like, like 
um, a real thread running through it, something they were trying to talk about something serious. And I felt like they, they got back to that here. And if John, you know, had been another actor, I don't know if I would have felt it. I think that he just really nailed it as Daryl um, because it, it, it just felt so authentic to me yeah. and not because I, I spoke to him before I saw the episode and again another one I wish that I had seen the episode so we could have delved into this a little bit more but my goodness I mean everything he had I, I, he made the, the most out of it I thought he really shined in this episode I think he's been their strongest guest star in the leap portion so far yeah he really uh, really sold the story and I feel like it wasn't just him carrying it either I feel like he and uh, Raymond Lee really played off of each other really well. Like it felt like that there was a connection in that story. Yeah. Yeah. They've had the best material though in this episode, just to go back to what Chris said, that this is, this is now finally bringing that issues led storyline to the fore. Um, nothing against the, the actors in the first two episodes who've been dealing with action and maybe a little bit of comedy. Um, this is the first with some really meaty material. And uh, yeah, John Chafin did fantastically with it. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's it's worth balancing the, the performances and that, that really strong writing that we've seen. I haven't had a chance to look and see what, what else the writer's done. I noticed this was his first script for this show, but uh, I have no idea what his background is. Well, whatever it is, I mean, uh, he obviously understands what makes Quantum Leap Quantum yeah. Leap, or maybe it was just a happy accident, but either way, hats mm. off, it works. It worked. Yeah. So the other the other part of, of the Leap section that I liked was we get to see Ben taking a little more agency. So it was it was so evocative. And I, I just have to say it, everything that we saw with, with, with Raymond in this episode was so evocative of the vibe that Scott gave off. Like this, this felt like Sam to me in many ways. It was still Ben and Ben is his own character. But I felt the heart was back. And I guess when I think of the heart of Quantum Leap, I can't help but think of Sam. So the fact that I'm I'm really genuinely moved, feeling something, I can't help but think of Scott because you know, like like Sam Sam was the show, and this gives me so much hope because we always knew that Raymond was you know a good get for a lead for Quantum Leap, and they're finally giving him stuff so that he can shine too. Like he doesn't have to, he, he can forge his own way and still be as effective in the role as Scott based on what we've seen in this episode. I hope that this is the start of a trend. Yeah, I think this was the first time it, it felt like Ben was really invested in the leap and not just trying to get out of the situation. Like there, they had stuff in the last episode where he he was excited about being in space, and there was the the guy he leaped into, he really looked up to. But they didn't really explore that very much. It felt a little disconnected. In this episode, it felt like he really cared about the people involved, and he even says as much. You know, like it's it's hard being here, like I, and not being invested in what's. I know I shouldn't care, but I do care, um, and that really speaks to who Ben is, the fact that he cares about people. And uh, yeah, it, it did feel like classic Quantum Leap and that there was more heart to the story. It felt like it was really, it wasn't just exploring the action elements of it. A lot of this was about um, accepting help and taking care of yourself. 
they had the PTSD, they had the the physical element with uh with Addison. Like they tied those stories in, I think, a little bit better than like I think in the second episode there was kind of like secrets is the is the storyline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. For sure. And um what I liked um most about this, you're talking about sort of like Ben connecting, saying, I know I shouldn't care, but I do. It's also, I think, him taking ownership of the fact that this is how it's going to be for a while. So it's not just about what are the percentages, what are the odds. And we've seen that play out with the phone call in the pilot episode with him taking the leap off of the shuttle in the second episode saying, I'm taking control of the leap. Mm. But those felt like, I'm sorry, going through the motions. Yeah. This, when he discovered that whether he wins or loses, Daryl dies. Yeah. That to him became the leap. He didn't care so much about winning the fight at that point. Mm -hmm. It was about how do we help this individual so that they can have a full life, a happy life and not not be Yeah, cuz he probably could have leaped either way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, that all of a sudden that became, well, I don't care about that. I don't care what Ziggy says and that's very much in in keeping with the original Quantum. Um so yeah, uh, again, just just ticking all the boxes for me yeah. as a fan. Yeah, there I might w- be too close to this, guys. I'm just warning you. <laughs> <laughs> there was this great moment at the end uh, when Addison breaks the news to him that the leaps are probably going to be a while. Like, she's like, I don't think we're going to get you home real quick. We we think this this could be a long haul here. Where he's just devastated by this news. Like, I really am just trapped in this situation. I feel like that's the first time they've really had Ben uh, react with the kind of gravity that this situation would warrant. Hmm. You know, like he, he, we've talked about how he he doesn't really hasn't reacted to a lot of stuff. He's just very accepting of the things that are happening to him. And here, it's like it just felt like he he was in the moment, and and this is how Ben would really. This is how someone would react to something like that. And that's something we never really delved into in the original series. We had Sam Beckett kind of joking around about, hey, leaping around in time, sometimes this funny thing would happen. And his opening monologue in season one was all quite tongue-in-cheek. And um, and that was fine for the time. And and we bought that. But uh, it's, it's really good to see the characters doing something. Sorry, it's really good to see the writers doing something different and uh and Raymond doing something different with this character. And then when he asks Addison, but you're going to still going to leave with me, right? Like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got me in all the feels. I know. Yeah, yeah. they did a, they did a great job with that. I I felt like they they allowed the moments to build up and then it felt earned cuz they've had moments uh in the pilot like when Addison is looking at the phone and she's um uh, in the remains of their engagement party and all that like it it's i think it was supposed to be more of an emotional moment than it felt because there just wasn't time for it and i feel like the editing in this episode especially like let scenes be a little longer let takes be a little longer just to feel like a real build up to that particular reaction yeah yeah and uh it was so earned at the end of this episode where you know i know that i've been having some difficulty after that that sort of that that first scene touch when 
we know they're not going to be able to connect again mm-hmm. at the engagement party. That one got me on subsequent viewings. This is the first time I've felt that connection between Ben and Addison since then. And thank goodness it's living up to the promise because I know that the two actors have some good chemistry together. And um, I'm just glad that they're um, letting scenes play out with some beats instead of just plot, 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 plot. You know, um, there's there's mm. now finally some time for some genuine emotion. And boy, are they selling it. When he said, will you still be there? <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know you felt like that connection. And also it felt like he felt something there, regardless of if he knows their relationship. Now he's he's building this new relationship with her. She's his lifeline. Like he he doesn't want her to go away. Because that's all he has, you know. He feels something for her, and uh, you know something I noticed too. Um, they have the the bit in the episode where he's in the fight and he gets hit, and as he's uh, knocked <gasps> down, he remembers briefly yes. the two of them in bed together. And yeah. the way that they edited it, it's just him, and he hears her, and maybe you see like her arm or something, like she's next to him, but you really don't see Addison. And uh, if you look at like the the press photos for this episode, they have a shot of the scene. Yeah. Where it's, it's just Caitlin sitting next to him, and I was so glad the way they edited it, mm-hmm. as vague as they did, without trying to spoon feed the whole scene. Like I felt like that worked a lot better because you're you're getting from Ben's perspective these pieces, these fragments. But they kind of they meshed it. Um... Because, yeah, I, I noticed that as well. I was waiting for that scene to come up where Addison was just going to be lying there next to him, smiling. But, uh, yeah, during that, that moment that you mentioned, it, it kind of merged into present day, quote-unquote, um, yeah. with with Addison's face looking at him. And you know exactly what that means, um, but he doesn't. Um, such a good moment. Really, really terrific. And, I mean, as much as they sold the um, dramatic aspects of this, I thought there were some really great comedic beats uh, between Ben and Addison. I think we had Addison, for the first time, like, whacking the hand link. Yes! <laughs> I wanted to call it a, a oh, rotten she, pile of hockey she, pucks, but... <laughs> she walks in on him, like, admiring himself, like, oh, man, I'm ripped, I'm, I'm jacked, I'm hot. <laughs> Do you need a moment alone? <laughs> It was a lot of fun. And I mean, not only that, I mean, uh, so we get to see the relationship that we've we've been told so far that they have that sort of that that family dynamic, that that fun dynamic, that the collegial dynamic where they're all friends. And that's not just with Ben and Addison. We get to see that finally back at the project. I felt like they were all, you know, working together as a team. And it was so much fun to see Magic say, look, we got to draw. The Pentagon knows that that we're drawing more electricity than we need to be. What lie do I need to tell them? <laughs> and it's not just like, I'm not asking you. I'm sorry you feel, you know, he's not being hard-ass magic. He's not being the administrator that's, you know, you're a loose cannon, Ben. Uh, he's, he's telling them, look, we're all in this together. What kind of bullshit do I need to make up? We're all in this together because of Quantum Leap with family. I got family. <laughs> the, the bit where, okay, <laughs> I have to address this. So Addison is like waxing nostalgic about times with Ben. She's like, you know, all these things remind me of Ben. Wednesdays are when we'd have eat Thai food and we watch uh, Real Housewives of something or other, wh- wherever that was, whichever Real Housewives it was. 
And uh, it's like, yeah, he acted like he didn't like it, but he follows all of them on Twitter. And I'm like, I'm already <laughs> laughing at this. Yes. And then in the very end, <laughs> they have to have, we're family. <laughs> so Addison's watching The Real Housewives. And then everyone from the project comes in. And then the minute Ernie Hudson's there, I'm like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> slapping my ass off. <laughs> he like, played it exactly like I think Ernie Hudson, the actor, also would be like, all right, <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but okay. <laughs> it's like, I, we explained it. I still don't know what I'm watching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. But I thought that was, that was the most organic moment between that entire team. Yes. This is what we've been waiting for. Yeah, you know what I loved about it, too? That it was... It was a show, don't tell. Like, at that moment, it was not them saying, like, hey, we're family. Like, they were actually showing us a moment. And it was also kind of, like, ridiculous in the best possible way, because I would rather they lean into silly stuff like this than just everyone talking about, we don't know why Ben left. What's the secret? Let's look at our big map. Like, I'm like, please just do other things, please. (laughs) This is great. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, just all the promises that um, we've been hoping uh, would be delivered, I feel like they're starting to deliver here. And it's only episode three. And uh, I know that seems weird to say, but I thought we were going to get at least two more episodes of iffy stuff before it really settled into a groove. But if this is a harbinger of where they're going from here, I hope it's not a fluke. I hope it's, you know, I hope it's they finally found the balance because, wow. Yeah, I do. uh I don't know when the shift happened with uh, Martin Garrow uh, taking over. I know he started working on the, the pilot they eventually aired. Um, but how many of these episodes are under the, the previous uh, Stephen Lillian and Wynn Brandt? Is that the other one? Yeah. Yeah. Brian yeah. Wynn Brandt. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's funny. Uh, it reminds me of – this is going to be – we always have to reference Star Trek. But um, – I mean, we've had now seasons of Discovery and Picard where it's sort of like Star Trek, but different. And everybody loves Strange New Worlds, which is the Pike series uh, led by Anson Mount with Ethan Peck. And the pitch for Strange New Worlds was, what if we just did Star Trek? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What a novel concept. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like it's like maybe someone came and said, what what if we just did Quantum Leap? (laughs) There were, okay. There was one shot in this episode that very much confused me. <laughs> so there's, um, I think this is when uh, Magic is talking to Jen uh, about something. I forget what they're talking, but they're in the office. And uh, there's just one shot of Ernie Hudson that's like completely tilted. They do the um, the Dutch angle for like two seconds so they're moving and then all of a sudden it's like and then like they go back to normal and i didn't understand why that happened and for a second it was becoming discovery and i'm like oh no please no (laughs) but they didn't do it i just i don't know i guess they were just having fun with that one angle (laughs) now it was it was it sort of from a different i hadn't noticed that because we've only been able to we watched the episode like 10 10 minutes ago yeah i mean so like we have to watch it again but was that shot was that angle like a continuous take or was that like no. a completely separate separate view and then it cut back he was walking around his desk and then they were following him a little bit the camera was moving and then it was a close-up at the dutch angle and then it was a cutting to a wider shot again i don't know if that was a coverage thing right. i have i i have headcanon mm-hmm. 
Ziggy's coming back to life. That was a Ziggy POV shot. <laughs> Ziggy POV. I hope they're doing something with Ziggy here because I. Yeah. If they don't have Ziggy talk, this is basically they're just using Google to solve stuff. Like it's not particularly quantum yeah. leap, but they're having some stuff about Ziggy not working properly and some stuff with the new uh, coding. So I'm hoping there's some reveal with that because like. Really, that's part of the fun of Quantum Leap. You want to have like the sassy supercomputer that talks, right? Yeah. That's what makes her different than other supercomputers. She's uh-huh. got to She's not just reasoning. some number cruncher's owl. Not just my- some anyway. number cruncher. <laughs> Though they throw in some stuff in here. Okay. Oh uh, my God, so much lore. All the lore. There's, oh, yeah, there's a lot lore. of stuff. Oh my God, we, uh, we have two notes. more hours of lore to discuss. <laughs> yeah, I see in the notes something about Ziggy referred to as him. I just heard it again. Was it him? Yeah, I only heard it. But, I thought okay. I heard him twice. We'll have to go back and rewatch. I heard it one time, I believe. I don't know if they've they've switched back to that. They do talk about. So this is the the first episode they've established that they that Ben can leap outside his lifetime as opposed yes. to yeah. Sam because of the 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 coding change. Right. They um, gave us an in universe explanation, which I like. This doesn't make any sense to me. They're like, it took the safety protocols off. That's not why Sam couldn't leave outside his lifetime, a safety protocol? No, no. I think that maybe what they're saying, the parameters of the program well, yeah, that yeah, Ben that, was running had that safety makes sense, protocols. But they said he took off the safety protocols as the initial explanation before they went into the whole thing about pinging around whatever. Yeah, they never said that Sam had safety protocols in place. They said that they had safety protocols that Ben then just changed. Oh, is that so what it is? Yeah, okay, maybe so I misunderstood just, it. Uh, yeah, yeah they I mean, slingshot around the sun in a crane on bird of prey. They go back and they yeah. save the whales. And <laughs> I, yeah, I guess they, they're throwing all sorts of new stuff hey, into this. <laughs> if it was that, or Ben just keep leaping into his own ancestors, I think they needed <laughs> they needed a different explanation. Oh, it's another song. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely I don't mind them bending the rules. I just thought they they said it was a safety protocol, and I'm like, that's not why. Like they didn't talk about the string theory and its other stuff. I'm not sure how the coding changed that, but all right. Yeah, I you know, I don't know either, but the thing is what I like is that uh, okay, we've firmly established now Ben can leap outside of his own lifetime. They gave us an in-universe explanation for it that made sense in in the context of the show. Why, why didn't Addison react to it in the first scene? She she knows it's the 70s. She tells him it's the 70s. They act like that's normal and then when they say, "Hey, he leaped outside his lifetime lifetime," Then she reacts as if this is surprising to her. She knows how old Ben is. <laughs> she knows he wouldn't yeah. around in the seventies. <laughs> this is the Addison that needed the whole plot explained to her in episode one. We're just back. <laughs> I know back I've been to... here, but tell me again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. But I like the fact that they basically establish with this conceit that he's quote slingshotting around points in time to get further right. and further mm. back. So obviously I'm sorry he's looking for Sam. He's got to get back to nineteen fifty three, Coburg, Indiana. But sure. um Coburg, Pennsylvania, I'm sorry. Coburg, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. But, um, <laughs> but it also, you know, then you get magic saying that he can leap to any time he wants, basically. Yeah. You know, he can go further and further back depending on what kind of, you know, slingshot he gets. Now, does this make sense no, is that gravity involved in time? I guess space time is tied up in gravity somehow. It is here. It is here. Yeah, I get a feeling yeah. they won't be pinging around that wild of a timeline. Like I think, like they'll occasionally make an exception, but the the further back you get, the more expensive it's going to be. So yes. I feel and like they relatable. probably won't do it that much. Yeah. yeah. So I don't mind them doing it occasionally. 
Um, I, that's a rule I don't mind breaking. There's other stuff in this episode that I I don't really like so much, but I knew it was going to be a thing. Like they um, it, they say in the new saga cell that he's jumping around in bodies. Um, and then in this uh in this episode in the dialogue they uh, confirm that he is in someone else's body and not his own, or at least merged with someone else's body because Addison says that Ben is uh in this price fighter body and he's like better he's got like a well-trained body i guess that's how they explain how quickly he picks this stuff up he's this big beefy guy um unless they maybe they'll come up with another in-universe explanation maybe this is the coding again but uh, they seem to know immediately that this is how it works and um yeah there's a lot of things that happened on the original show that would not happen if this were how it worked New project, new build. That's just how they built it. New new flubbing around. Is it a, a mind-body leap? As far as I'm concerned, they set it up that these are mind leaps. Yeah, um, they do. Right right away. So, uh, And it makes sense because if you have one night to train, all you have to do is learn some moves instead of condition yourself. Like like Sam had to condition. What do you have, one week with, with the sisters? Because he was so out of shape. <laughs> out of shape, Scott Bakula. <laughs> that wimpy guy. But they got him in shape. Just, just a quick, a quick aside, um, because the first couple of episodes have danced around this. But you're right; this, this is the first time we've really gone there. I, when I first read the pilot script about six, seven months ago, uh, I got to the point where in in that script they confirmed it was a mind leap, and the first thing I thought was, "Fucking hell, Chris is going to be pleased, <laughs> bastard." <laughs> And I, I kept that quiet from you for all that time. But I'm, gl- I'm glad that I live in your head, rent-free. <laughs> <laughs> it opens up interesting possibilities. I guess with the way that this, uh, at least from uh, articles that have talked about it, explained how it works, um, it's sort of both of them in the same place. So there's not this, like, body-switching element, like, where there's, like, children looking at an adult man body and stuff like that, which is some of the more problematic elements. I guess if it's kind of both, it's okay. I just, uh, I would like some sort of explanation. Um, and I hope it's, I hope they thought about that because, uh, otherwise it's like, I don't know. Did they know how the original show worked? Did they know that Sam had a kid or that he walked around as an amputee or any of this other stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think yeah. Let's... De- Deborah Pratt involved. I've got a feeling they know about Sammy Joe. Sure. I mean, yeah. <laughs> do you think? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's like her favorite subject. Uh. <laughs> Matt, you're priceless. <laughs> I love it. I love, but what what I liked about this, even though it was quote a a mind leap, um, Ben is still Ben. He knows what Ben knows. He, you know, even though he might have the 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 capabilities of this this boxer, um, he's still he's still a right handed guy. You know, who doesn't, you know, so he's still very much physically himself because I guess it's it's just the way his brain works. So as a mind leap, that makes sense. But this is intriguing because what happens when he leaps into a kid? What happens when he leaps into someone who's weaker? Like, like say, like another mother. Um, Sam was was the the single mom. At the end, he's got to beat up, you know, kidnappers. But he's Sam. He can do the flying noodle kick, and and there you go. And they're they're on the ground. They're laid out. What if Ben is in the body of like a, a ninety pound woman, having to face off against this two hundred and fifty pound guy? 
Well, like, it's not the size. It's uh, it's how you use the body, right? I, I mean, <laughs> I use, guess, but, use their weight but, against them. Use their size y- against them. Isn't that the, the classic yeah, trope? Yeah, but I mean, like, I think you're right. Like, if he is in someone who is uh, less capable physically or different than, than he happens to be, how does he handle that? I think they can do interesting things with that. I would hope so, because if they're going to establish it as a benefit in one episode, they damn well better establish it as a liability in some way in another Absolutely. episode. Whether he's a six-year-old kid yeah. or, you know, someone who's smaller and weaker as opposed to bigger and stronger. So, I mean, uh, I know they, the original series was very loosey-goosey about that anyway, but <laughs> I, I want them to be a little bit more consistent with it here because I like the way that they explained it here. You have the body. You have, you have the... The tools at hand, you just need to learn how to use them. Yeah, I guess in in that way, it did make a little more sense that he was able to accomplish in 24 hours uh, what someone trains much longer to do. They're like, well, his his Hmm. body is trained, you just have to be able to use it. And they also introduced a very new wrinkle here. Um, apparently they can replay history holographically <laughs> for Ben to watch. I, like, like, I, I think like it was a, supposed like a, to be filmed, right? Like a game film, right? So it's almost mm. like you're watching the film after the game and seeing where you went wrong, where you went right, but they yeah. can project it holographically into the ring so that Ben, ben can learn to mimic it. Right. So Were cool. they supposed to be projecting so cool. like a filmed version of it, though? Like the, a filmed a version of the fight? Like it wasn't like they were just jumping to somewhere else in time? Cause... That could be. That would be neat, too. I, but to me, did... I thought that there was a fight film from somewhere and then they just recreated it so that Ben could see it in 3D real time in the imaging chamber. Yeah, I mean, well, that presents the same problems that I had with uh, the – when um, – at the end of the last episode, when Addison's just hanging out in space after he leaps out, it's like if if they can just project any time or go to any time not necessarily tied to Ben, then couldn't they just go to, say, just before Ben leaped and then look at what he did and then be like, okay, that's what happened. I mean, you could go to anywhere in any place, yeah. right? So mm. you need to kind of limit it a little bit. I, I feel like they mentioned something about the fight was filmed or something. I could be misremembering that. Yeah. And but in that my might head, be Cannon, this was, this was a film. This was a film the way I thought about it. We'll see. We'll see if they go that way as, you know, if they, if they keep up with this conceit, which I think is an interesting new way to, you know, to have a leap then maybe we'll get more explanation of it. Or maybe it'll be like the original show where, well, what does the story dictate this this, series, <laughs> this, this, this episode, right? So and then yeah. the fans have to put it together. Right, right. Yeah, that was pretty cool when they like projected it over the ring and then he's trying to mimic the, the moves exactly and Addison's helping him train and uh, they did like a quick montage with it. And of course, by the end of the episode, like they do exactly that, but... Um, the guy ends up getting back up, so Ben has to think on his feet and do something for real and not just mimic what yeah. he was seeing. And I loved that. I loved that. I knew it was the third act turn, and I knew it was coming, but I still loved it because I was I was swept up in the moment. Yeah. So, And it was great to see Ben once again uh, take take control of the leap. Um, yeah. um, you know, but this in this case, it felt earned, where when he jumped off the space shuttle, it didn't especially feel earned. He it did just launch felt like off the space shuttle, beat. though. It was pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't cool. <laughs> I'm just saying that this this one hit me more, it, like it, uh, more of an emotional beat than than it that did, one yeah. did. Yeah, 
Yeah. It, it felt like things went from logically from one place to another structurally in the story. So even if it's things you might be able to predict, you're like, okay, so how does this character react at this moment? Like, what does Ben do that now that he's untethered from a specific uh, set of things that he has to do? Um, instead of just like, it, it, it felt like he was very much in the background of a lot of the, the space one. So he's like, okay, I guess I'm changing the leap now, but didn't really feel like he was doing that much um yeah he uh he has a photographic memory he was able to do this because mm-hmm. he has a photographic memory yeah he just, just like scott i'm sorry just, sam. Yeah. just like sam i don't know just if scott like has a photographic memory <laughs> maybe scott yeah. does <laughs> i don't know i don't know if i've ever heard that scott bacula has a photographic yeah. memory but, but sam uh, sure does <laughs> sam does yeah th- this is uh the second uh trait they've given that's very similar to sam the sam uh, the fact that sam also speaks several languages um <laughs> <laughs> photographic memory they're both physicists uh they are different characters there are similarities i think they just added this because it is a very good plot device to get someone very quickly to learn something yeah it was a good crutch so it, let's stick with what works and i'm willing to go with it because why not you know he's a super genius why not have a photographic memory <laughs> i don't know why there were some things repeated in this episode uh from that that were very similar to the first boxing leap that they did with sam i feel like it was it was different like it didn't feel like they were just doing the same story but it was very weird to me that this was the third episode and that yes. was also the third episode of the original show. And then um, the fact they were both 70s boxing leaps. They both took place in the same decade. Um, the whole uh, uh, observer trying to teach the leapy or the leaper how to box. That was something that Al tried to do. They were doing a little bit of shadow boxing. Um, yeah, they had some similar elements. Uh I don't know why no they didn't just set it in a different nuns. decade or something. Yeah. yeah no <laughs> no flirty nuns. Now, could it be because Ben is trying to, in my head canon, get to Sam? So he's like trying to slingshot around um, similar points in time to reach him. And it just so happens he lands in a similar situation. Uh, maybe? Question mark? That, just mm. trying to head cannon on the fly. Yeah, could, could be, be but. Let's hope that doesn't happen too often. Yeah, uh, I agree. 100%. If he leaps into the dawn, I'm going to be a little bit uh, miffed, I'm going to tell you. (laughs) But although I'd like to hear him sing Valari. (laughs) Did we get an episode in Vegas before? Was the stand-up one in Vegas? Yeah, because they were talking about being buried out in the desert. Yep. Yes. Yep. 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 There we go. Yep. (laughs) All right. Well, this was- With the other um, evil evil Italian. Yep. Yeah, this was better than (laughs) (laughs) stand-up. What is it? What is it better than (laughs) stand-up? I mean, the damning with faint praise. (laughs) Well, I mean, we also got to see um, other, uh, like, I think good lore stuff. Uh, I mean, we got to see a a freaking hand link. Hello. Old school hand link. We got to see a stand-in hand link. (laughs) A stand-in hand link, but it was still still a hand link. What what happened? Deborah has two. Our good buddy Deborah. I'm going to say Deborah Pratt. I feel weird calling her just first name. Deborah Pratt has two replicas of the hand link but they used a stand-in hand link i uh, yeah I, I don't know when she got that compared to the production of this so matt i mean explain to everybody what we're talking about for those uninitiated out there we did see a hand link in this episode can you give us sort of the background on what we saw yeah so 
I mean, what what we saw was every casual fan out there watching this going, wow, that's the old handling and getting excited. And it will have absolutely fooled um, a, a good proportion of the audience, while the rest of us are sat there saying, why is that all like a weird shade of green and blue? Um, because, yeah, like Alison said, it, it it was a stand-in handling. It was used as a, um, a, a stunt hand link uh, during rehearsals or anywhere where there was a risk of it getting damaged because the real hand links were very expensive to make um and it uh, it it went through auction many years ago um ended up in private hands and i i have no idea what happened to it since until it showed up on instagram um martin Jero, uh, posted a picture of it saying, oh, or, or it might have been Wimbrandt or Lillian saying, oh, look, we've got a hand link. And I was sat there quietly cursing, saying, yeah, it's the wrong hand link. Don't you dare put that on screen. <laughs> um, and they put it on screen. But what the hell? It's a hand link. And then, yeah, somewhere along the line, some definitely after that Instagram post, um, yeah, we, we put the, the replica props people uh, in, in touch with Deborah. And we know that they've got a much more... Uh, or access to a much more realistic handling prop, but I, I, I believe I'm this hoping... production happened after she got you, them, though. You think? Okay, I, I think Damn. it did, but I could be wrong. Um... Actually, yeah, that um, the the photo that I'm thinking of that was um in Vancouver, yeah, that that yeah, so yeah, yeah, mm. but who's to say that they didn't film the Janice stuff in Vancouver? Uh, yeah, because that's very insular stuff. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't interact from, with very many yeah. people, you know? It's possible. So it's in her, in her, I guess she's got a new secret layer now since she burned up her, her basement layer. <laughs> she's her sec- got many secret layers to spare. <laughs> she's got them all over LA where so many secret underground layers can be hidden. <laughs> so let's, let's talk about that a little bit though, because I know this is the part of the plot, Allison, that you didn't like with the smirky, mix, smirk, smirk, one step ahead villain. Um, but I enjoyed the fact that they brought um, Susan back again to play Beth, and we got sort of a mother-daughter moment that also in- invokes Al and the history of the project and sort of where they ended up and where they are now. I, I-, I enjoyed that a lot. I appreciated that Janice actually called her mom this time yep. and didn't like show up at the door saying, Hey, Beth, because I'm a badass, so I'm going to call you Beth. Um, that, yeah. that was a, a, a little bit... Um, a little bit more toned down. I appreciated it. But, I mean, this is what we're seeing. We're seeing Janice really want to carry on the legacy of Al and solve the mystery from from what I, what I gather, solve the mystery of just what happened to Sam. And Beth is saying, I didn't want you to be obsessed with it the way your father was. And Janice has some resentment saying, you just didn't, they, did it ever occur to you that I could succeed at it? So I, I, I thought it was really neat because I needed a little bit more between them to get the feeling of, of connecting Janice to Al. Like you said, Allison, in the last episode, she was just some stock bad guy. But, but now I, I have a little bit more traction with the character because I felt they grounded her uh, just a little bit more, enough for me anyway. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Here it comes. I think this is the first episode that really kind of clarified a little bit more about what happened with Al after the events of Mirror Image. Um, Because it was kind of vague in some of the wording, but they say very specifically, um, Beth says that 
you know, don't become obsessed uh, like your father did because after he lost Sam, he never got over it. And that establishes to me that after Mirror Image, Al just spent 30 years trying to find Sam and then died never knowing what happening what happened unsatisfied and obsessed. And I don't know if I really like that end for Al. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, it's possible they'll change something about it as a time travel show. Maybe there'll be a happier ending there. I don't know. Uh, obviously, Janice has got some time travel shenanigans going on. Um, I mean... I, I don't know. I don't know. It, I don't particularly like the story. That's not their fault. It's just something I don't particularly like. Uh, I don't really like seeing Beth get drugged by her daughter. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Al, Al, in the original series, had 30 years of uh, pretty crummy backstory with the whole Beth thing. And that got rewritten at the end. So yeah. there is there's precedence for rewriting Al's history. If they changed that and Al didn't spend 30 years obsessing over Sam and then died depressed about it, <laughs> then maybe I would like it. I would like them to not have that be Al's ending. Um, yeah, and we're just seeing one snapshot of one aspect of what Al was doing, I mean, it, which was germane to what they were discussing. It doesn't mean that Al didn't have a full life. It doesn't mean that there weren't other interests or other things for him to focus on. It just means that he never gave up on Sam and trying to find Sam. I don't know that it has to be um, sort of read as this obsession that consumed him until he died. That's what I just Beth feel seemed to be saying. <laughs> I think that maybe she sees the chief disappointment in the life of the person that she just lost, and she doesn't want somebody else she loves to share in that disappointment. But yeah. I, again, this is me headcanning because, like you say, Allison, I don't want that for Al either. Yeah. So I feel like Al is a very dynamic and resilient type of fellow. Uh, based on everything we've ever seen with him, so I, I, but he's also loyal and and mm. dedicated. So I could see him having a full life and taking advantage of all of life's pleasures, but still never, ever, ever laying down the torch for Sam. Never, ever, ever forgetting about his best friend. What if um after Sam changed his history, he was just like a big wiener. Like he was, he was like, <laughs> he's like crying over his hand link. And then that was the, how he spent 30 years. <laughs> okay. <You think? laughs> Maybe. The- <laughs> no, I think you're making some good points. Um, yeah. I, I, again, I'm sounding very negative. I'm not hot on this storyline, but it was a very small portion of this episode. Um, I still really enjoyed this episode mm. and, they might do stuff with the Janice storyline that I like a little better. Uh, I like seeing S- uh, Susan Deal again. Um, she's great. I just not great on the storyline for me personally. Hmm. All right. Well, I mean, and uh, there is sort of that reveal in Janice's second secret lair. Uh, maybe it's her fourth and we haven't seen two and three yet. I'm not sure. <laughs> but she's got like a mini Cerebro going on there. What is that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bum, bum, bum. What is it? Are they doing evil leapers though? Are they? Oh, uh, if that's a mini quantum leap accelerator, and uh, yeah, she's going to become an evil leaper. Wouldn't that be awesome? I well, think she's creating um, some sort of accelerator. Has to be. Or uh, it's got that hexagon pattern that links up with the imaging chamber uh, back at the project. So 
she is going to at some point pop up in the past um, saying, hey, Ray, I'm, I'm here because I'm now a hologram. Uh, it's Ben. <laughs> she could. <laughs> yeah, she could be looking for Ben or she could be looking for Sam. Yes. Yeah, one she of the other. trying to contact but, Sam. But mm. now she's got a hand link. Mm-hmm. So bam, bam, bam. she's going to be whacking that hand link <gasps> and smoking that cigar. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I really think it's more of an imaging chamber kind yes. of deal. And yeah. I think that she's going to use that to try to get to Ben somehow. Hmm. And now that she's got a direct link to Ziggy, which they made a huge deal of, the fact yeah. that she can now directly access access Ziggy through that hand link, even though it's a different Ziggy apparently in a different project in a different state with a different operating system, there's still some of that that zigginess there for the hand link to reconnect <laughs> to. Yeah. So I have a feeling that that's where we're going to finally get to see Deborah reprise the role outside yes. of a title card uh, when Janice wakes wakes up the computer that Ian right. has been working on. I think it's going to be something like that. That's my <laughs> headcanon. Let's hope it comes out that way. Either way, I just yeah. want to hear Deborah be Ziggy again. Yeah, yes. I'd like to hear Ziggy. Uh, Ziggy <laughs> wakes up and literally just like yawns like, <laughs> what I miss <laughs> oh Ziggy you what? will not believe what's been Ziggy, going on <laughs> you scamp <laughs> and she's like alright fine I'll fix it I'm used to fixing everyone's problems no one's wondering about what I've been going through okay Alison if, if Deborah won't do it you should <laughs> <laughs> yes hire me to be Ziggy I'll do it <laughs> If you're listening, producers, and we know you are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they love me. <laughs> They're like, how do we turn her around? How do we turn how do we her turn around? around? We'll give you a part on this show. Yeah. You can be Ziggy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All of a sudden, you'll be Albie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> While we're back on this back at the project stuff, I know you guys, uh, especially Allison, you're still not that keen on the Janice stuff, especially if this is <laughs> what it presages for Al's end. This is um, the back at the project stuff that I really didn't like was, oh, no, Addison's fainting from exhaustion. And she wakes up in a <laughs> hospital bed with the monitors attached. And-, <laughs> and then Ernie Hudson's like, if we had a doctor, a doc- they'd be here. But <laughs> no, and Ernie even said, Doc says. And I'm thinking, hmm, is the doctor's name Beaks? Yeah. <laughs> yes. What if it was Beaks? <laughs> but that to me was the part of the episode, like, 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 okay, I, we get it. She's running herself ragged because she's just so concerned about Ben. And it came off really organically um, when she was talking to him. And she's like, no, I have to be here every second because you <laughs> might fail. And then it's on me. But it's just like, all right, why don't you have a cup of coffee and get some rest? And we'll be right back at it in the morning, slugger. And it's just like, I thought that that was kind of weak sauce. <laughs> wow, I... I loved all that stuff because we we actually saw it and it it had to be seen it had to be established at some point even if they then move on from that um it's something we would have been wondering about the whole series we we joked about that with Al in the past when you know when when does he ever get a break when does he ever get away um but because we weren't seeing any of that side of the project we could just ignore it no i i think it had to be done and i'm glad it was shown rather than told um, I I I love that. I was shocked that it happened, and so pleased with it. Yeah, I I liked it too. Um, it had to be very quick because everything kind of has to be quick. But this was the kind of stuff I imagined was going on with Al. 
Like, mm. uh, like he would show up like tired or drunk or, you know, like there were clearly things going on in his life that he didn't always talk about. Um, but the fact that he always had to be there every day, no matter what time, like it, it didn't matter what was going on in his life because the leaps would just happen, you know, like he <laughs> could be the middle of the night and he'd have to like get in there, you know. So um, I think the fact that they went into just the exhaustion of being at the beck and call of this, uh, especially um, her emotional connection to Ben and, uh, you know, this is very early on. So she's like still kind of emotionally strung out about it, too. So just add like all of these compounding elements together, it does kind of add up. And she's really pushing herself very hard because um, harder than she should, because she she really wants to get him back. I agree with all of that, guys. I understand the emotional toll of it. I'm just talking about the visual of her in a hospital bed with the monitors attached to me was just like so ridiculously <laughs> melodramatic. Like she could or you could just go into the break room and have a breath and maybe have a chat and well, get some water. Faint. You know, I, yeah, I, I just guess they... Yeah. I, it just struck me as like like it was almost operatic. It was so melodramatic. It's like I'm what am I watching La Boheme here? What's going on? Is she gonna die of consumption? You know? I mean, it it might have been, but I guess it makes sense that they would have a medical staff. They certainly alluded to having a medical staff in the original show as well, because, you know, if they're planning on having uh testing this on people, like there obviously are physical elements involved. Um I felt it it felt a little uh it was a little weird that Ernie Hudson was there to explain everything to her. It felt like, you know, they don't want to hire another person to be the doctor or maybe they're like p- thinking about what they might want to do in the future, whether it's – I don't think Beeks was a medical doctor, but, you know, whether they wanted to have someone recurring in there. I don't think they should add another recurring character, but, you know, maybe they're just like, I don't know. So just have him explain it to her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. And again, I get why it was there. I just, I just had issues with the way it was portrayed. That's all. That's all. Sure. I, I don't. I don't. I don't disagree with the sentiment at all. And I love the way that Caitlin really seemed to be becoming unhinged um, yeah. as Addison in this because she was under so much pressure. Uh, uh, so that really struck true for me. It was just. It was really just the props and the setting that 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 turned me off. So if I'm coming across as a you know a negative Nelly, as I'm coming across as Allison, uh, I don't mean to. So. <laughs> <laughs> Pulling an Alice. <laughs> uh, you That's know what I actually, <laughs> you know, I actually did like they used uh, her experiences in Afghanistan to yes. kind of parallel um, with Daryl's experiences in Vietnam. And uh, there was one part I don't remember what exactly he was talking about, but they were in the jail, and he was he was talking about his PTSD, I think, and like some of his experiences in about uh, not taking care of himself, I guess, and. They very specifically focus on Addison in the background while uh, they're talking about that. Um, There's a deliberate parallel between them. So uh, I thought that was interesting. And again, the the emotion that um, John Chafin brings to that scene and the authenticity really was at the core of, you know, one of the reasons why this episode was so good. You felt for Daryl. You felt for the plight. And the fact that Ben switches it up to no this is this is what's important it, it, who gives a shit about this fight this is why i'm here <laughs> <laughs> i think that's what what quantum leap needed to focus on too yeah like because yes. they were focusing a lot on the action and the fact that this episode was saying this was what was important about this 
Yeah. That felt yeah. like quantum leap to me. Yeah, and it sounds like we're 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 uh, kind of spiraling down to final thoughts. So, Allison, why don't you give us your final thoughts on this episode? Uh, yeah, I thought this was a great episode. Uh, for everything that I'm complaining about, this is all like you know a very minimal part of this episode or stuff that they did in the first couple episodes. I think if they continue like this, I'm gonna uh, enjoy this show a lot, and I, I really hope it it continues this upward trend. Yeah, I I loved it. Um, I I did find it still very fast paced, which a lot of TV is these days. Not all TV. Um, and I I'm gonna have to watch it a couple more times to catch everything, and that some of that's probably shown in this recording. Uh, we're all kind of a bit dancing around. What 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 happened? Can we remember? Um, it it's gonna require multiple viewings, but it was such a good episode that I'm looking forward to those multiple viewings. Such a good one. Very happy. You know what, guys? I'm going to mirror what you say and and then some. I am just a freaking fanboy tonight. This is, to me, what I have been waiting for. And uh, call it fan service. I don't even know if it's fan service, but it was Chris service. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that <laughs> like, like this is everything um, I had been waiting for since I saw that initial trailer when I had the feels and I had to like, like the sweats and the chills and I was just so excited. Um this one, I was all over the place. I was laughing. I was tearing up. I, I felt for every character and every scene. This is what I've been waiting for. This is, to me, like, they've finally gotten down to the business of being Quantum Leap. And thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for all the amazing performances. I feel like past this prologue, if we now have this foundation to spring off of, we are in good shape. All right. I think that puts this episode, Somebody Up There Likes Ben, in the books. but. Stay tuned, because after the break, we will bring you that promised interview with Raymond Lee. On the latest episode of Fangent. Fangent is what we talk about when we're not talking about Quantum Leap. I'm talking about the wonderful game Animal Crossing. Oh, it's like Angry Birds? (laughs) I was getting drunk in London. Lucky! I know, it was brilliant. (laughs) I saw the monkeys live. I made like a a Quantum Leap section of my island. Of course you did. (laughs) Did you really? I did, yeah. There's like a buttload of early episodes of Doctor Who that are missing. But what's now started happening is there's some teams putting animation in high-definition color widescreen against the original soundtrack. You know the monkeys don't play their own instruments, right? <laughs> Duh. It'd be like saying to somebody, you know pro wrestling isn't real, right? <laughs> I was seeing the premiere of one of these on a big screen at a cinema in London with about 100 other Doctor Who fans. That's nuts. Plus fandom. There I was, finally, seeing Mike Nesmith sing the songs that I've been waiting to hear him sing for I don't know how many years. That's great. To find out how to hear this and other Patreon exclusive shows, go to patreon.com slash quantum leap podcast. That's patreon.com slash quantum leap podcast. Matt's acting like he hasn't even heard the name. This is like the game of the pandemic. Yeah, I know where I've heard of it. Your Facebook post saying I've just spent (laughs) six hours playing Animal Crossing. That's where I've heard it from. Me too. Okay, we're back. And as promised, here's our interview with Raymond Lee. Hello, Raymond Lee, and welcome to the Quantum Leap Podcast. Hi, hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, um, we're really excited, too. I mean, uh, the Quantum Leap fan community has been waiting for this for a long time, and we are thrilled to be welcoming a new Leaper into the fold. Um 
tell us how you got started in the business and what led to getting the role of Ben. Yeah. Um, well, so my, my first professional job was a one-liner on How I Met Your Mother, and that was back in 2011, um, 2010, I think. Uh, and, and before that, I was doing steady commercial gigs. And, um, you know, I, I, I pride one thing I do pride myself in in my career is that I, I have not skipped any steps. I've done non-union commercials. I've done college student films. I've done, you know, I've done Craigslist movies. You know, I, I, I just I just wanted experience. So I've done uh, everything there is to do. And my progress was very incremental. It was one liner, two liner, three liner, guest star, you know, recurring guest star. And, um, you know, there, there wasn't any leaps, so to speak. And, um, this is probably the largest step in, in my professional career because, uh, I hadn't been given an opportunity to lead a series, let alone a series that is so beloved and coveted. So when I was, um, approached with this, um, Martin Jero and, and Meg Fister, as you know, uh, or might not know, they, they run Quinn's, Quinn's production. That's their production company that the show's under. And I had worked with Martin before and I had done quite a bit of theater, regional theater, some off Broadway. And, uh, Meg Fister was very active in the theater community. She had been casting in Los Angeles theater for a long time and she had been familiar with my work and, she emailed me out of the blue. I was out in Marshfield, Massachusetts, working on another show. Um, and she had emailed me out of the blue and also left me a voicemail um, asking me if I wanted to do this part. <laughs> and completely caught me by surprise because this isn't something that happens. <laughs> I, I, I earn everything. I, 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 you know, it's, it's like I said, incremental. And uh, this just seems so massive. And, I definitely took a pause, talked to my manager. My manager was in disbelief. I'd been with her my entire career. And she was like, well, it's not for the lead. So, you know, just, you know, let's, let's read the script and see how it goes. And I'm like, I think it's for the lead. It's here in writing. It's for the lead. And I have her voicemail on my phone. I can, I can, I don't know if I can send this to you, but she's like, okay, well, everyone's sleeping right now. So let's just, um, let's see if we can get a hold of the script and, and let's go from there. So the next morning comes and my manager was like, it's definitely for the lead. Okay. Um, let's read the script, got, got a hold of the script and it was fantastic. And, um, I remember the original series and, and this felt a lot like it. And as you know, um, the original pilot has now been repurposed to be a later episode. Um, and I read that episode and I was like, wow, this is strangely very close, feels very close to who I am and the kind of show that I've always wanted to work on and the kind of character that I've always have seen myself playing. And it felt too good to be true. Um, and then I had a conversation with Martin and he thought it'd be a great fit. And we went on from there. And next thing I knew, I was on a flight to Vancouver uh, shooting the pilot and it was it was all just crazy and um yeah and here we are now uh several months later um <laughs> going into episode eight we just uh finished two days of episode eight so far and it feels wild and exciting and uh haven't lost any excitement amazing. that's amazing 
you had mentioned that um, when you read the script that you jived with a lot of uh, the character. What what things about Ben specifically attracted you? You know, um, just the the overlapping, uh, just kind of foundationally who they were. They had written Ben to be um, an immigrant. Uh, even though my mom immigrated, but it, it was a similar shared experience that I understood. Uh, an only child as well, and a son of a single parent. Um, and all of these just lined up. And I was like, okay, well, it seems like they have a strangely strong grasp of who this person seems to be. And given the times, too, I, I thought, um, what an opportunity to show that uh, a person that looks like myself is capable of empathy at a time where not so much empathy might have been shown to us. Uh, just given the circumstances. And I also thought, wow, this is a, a show with so much heart and humor. And I just, this is all I ever wanted to do in terms of, you know, I grew up watching Indiana Jones and Back to the Future. And these were always kind of fish out of fish out of water characters. And I was the perpetual fish out of water because I wanted to do so many things with my life. And I love the idea and the feeling of not knowing how to do something and then slowly seeing, oh, wow, I'm getting better at this. I'm getting better at this. And now I'm actually good at it. It's like, okay, now what else can I pick up? And, you know, um, I, I, that might have, I might have gone on a tangent there, but... Um, I just felt like this fish out of water story very related very much to who I was and and my story. And, you know, sometimes just the words fit, you know, and the person fits and you don't have to do so much work to, to, to get there. And yeah, in hindsight, I can see why Meg and Martin were, were so confident that I was the person I, I sure wasn't. <laughs> they, they, they were. <laughs> um, but yeah. I, I'm interested. You, you mentioned a bit about reading the original script and um, the, the, the ties you felt to it. I know at the point that they wrote the script, there were talks about casting an Asian American or Middle Eastern or North African. It was, it was very broad. Have they mm. lent more into your heritage now you've been cast? Is that something that you're, you're starting to feel is coming out? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and what I love about it is that that's not the end all be all. It just happens to be a, a, an aspect of the character. And, um, you know, that, that shouldn't be the, the overruling, um, characteristic of the reasons why he chooses to be the person that he is. It just happens to be that. Um, and so I, I think the thing that they wanted out of this character, um, was someone who wasn't naturally an American and, and they wanted an immigrant story. Um, and, uh, those, those all applied, I suppose. Um, so far, what we've seen of the show, the, the first two episodes that we've seen have been very heavily action oriented. Um, the original series was a lot about um, walking a mile in someone else's shoes. And are we are we going to get to see a little bit more of that as the show progresses, either with relation to uh, Ben's own journey or or otherwise? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think what they've chosen to do with this uh, show is uh, it's definitely an accelerated show and, and there's going to be much more elements of, of action just because that's just they want that's what they want the show to be. Um, 
and they're also seem to be leaning into my strengths as uh, an actor and what I'm capable of doing. And I haven't done so much action in the past, but um, they know that I'm capable of doing it. And, and uh, it's, it's nice to, to have that, um, uh, them looking out for my strengths. Um, yeah, I mean, I would love, and, and there has been, yes, there has been much more development on the backstory of who Ben is. And, and, and I think that that's, that's just the way that they're choosing to, um, sort of parse out the information, kind of just putting it together episode by episode because it has to be serialized. Um, and, and that's the way we can really draw audiences. And, and, and I love what they've chosen to do with now establishing the relationship that, that Ben and Addison had previously had. So now that we can work back to that instead of the original, um, original this, uh, where we just kind of threw the audience into a leap right away. And there was a lot to catch up on, not only, uh, the exposition of what had happened before, but the exposition of what is happening currently in San Francisco mm-hmm. in an earthquake and you're a time traveler and you're here to save this and you have to do that. And here's Ziggy. It was a lot. Um, but when you establish first that, okay, these are two people that are in love. This is a, a family that they had back at headquarters. And then now, uh, Ben has chosen to do this and now we have to work back to that. And I think that's just, uh, a better way to set it up, easier for the audience to sort of digest because we're, we're asking a lot of <laughs> the audience. Is, um, it's, it's uh, you know, the mythology is like, bam. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, we are going to see much more of Ben's backstory as, as, as we um, just upbringing as we go along. Well, it's, it's interesting um, that you're talking about like learning to play to the strengths that you have and, you know, the, them discovering what you're capable of. And I know that TV shows, especially in their first season, are always finding their footing. Um, was there anything in the new Quantum Leap uh, that has evolved, like aspects of Ben's character or the story that have surprised you as you've gone on the journey? Um. You know, I'm surprised with every script. Um, we have such a strong writing staff and, uh, you know, we, we always hear rumblings of what is coming before it comes, right? So we're wor- working on episode three and they're like, did you hear what episode eight might be about? It's like, oh my gosh. So we're always in anticipation of where we're going to be and what time. And, and, you know, I've asked them to withhold certain important key, uh, elements of the story from me because I like being surprised and I, I like building my character based on what I have in front of me. Um, again, I've never been in this position, so it's not something I have, uh, anything to base it on, but I'm finding that it's more exciting for me to take this journey as it comes. So, um, I am, once the new scripts come in, I'm like ravenously, oh, wow, this is crazy. Um, but yeah, it's very fun to hear that like, oh yeah, t- episode 10, it's going to be about this. No way. Who's writing it? Wow. Who we were thinking of getting as a director? That's crazy. Um, yeah. Uh, um, I don't even remember what your question was, but <laughs> yeah. uh, very excited. <laughs> I got excited. Well, you're um, taking the journey like Ben. You know, Ben doesn't know anything going into it. Exactly. And, um, yeah. 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 So uh, yes. unlike us, we're just like looking for all of the information. <laughs> like what's going on over here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, and, 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 you know, it, it, I, I find that it just also just benefits me to focus on the show. 
uh, and, and to be present with what's happening because really all we can control is what is happening on the days. And we want to make sure we, we get the scene, we understand the story and then we get the shot and then we move on and we complete that episode and then we go to the next one. Um, but yeah, I, 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 uh, as far as leaning into my strengths go, um, you know, I've had conversations with Martin and the other writers and they've asked me, um, what can you do? And being an only child, I can, I know how to do, I am fairly mediocre to good at a lot of things. I am not great <laughs> at anything. Um, so it's great for the purposes of the show because like, have you boxed? Yes, I have actually, because I was just a bored only child and I just did a lot of boxing. And can you, um, I don't, I don't, can you karaoke? Yes, I sing by myself all the time. And it, yeah, this just, I have a lot of random skills and, uh, this just seems to be the perfect show to use them all, all, all on. <laughs> Do you have a favorite leap so far? I mean, we've seen you so far as an undercover cop and as a boxer and mm -hmm. as an astronaut. And I think um, you're going to be a female for the first time in the mm -hmm. next episode. And uh, also the cowboy episode and the earthquake episode. I mean, that's that's yeah. a lot. Is there anything standing out um, specifically as a favorite so far? Oh, my God. They're all my favorite. I, I swear <laughs> I've already checked off half of all of the, the items on the actor's bucket list already. I can't even imagine what's ahead. Um, but I, I love the boxing episode and I love that it's coming as it's so close, uh, for, for, for viewing. Um, you know, I, I watched like Rocky growing up and, you know, anytime there's any movie that has to do with fighting at the core of it, it's just like, you understand there's so much that you could wrap in a fighter's story. Um, and it's so, there is always a victor and there's always a loser. And you have to deal with the outcomes of that and everything leading up to it. There's so much pressure. And even though you've never fought professionally yourself, you understand that feeling. And so I've always wanted to be in a boxing movie or anything, uh, boxing storytelling related. And so when the script landed, it was, it was incredible. Um, and I also feel like this is the show, this is the episode that we kind of start to find our footing and we, 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 somewhat find our, our voice. And, uh, it's, it's a, I think we've done a really incredible job establishing the world and establishing the characters. And now I think we're given license to really start flying. Um, and this episode, um, the, our guest cast is phenomenal. Uh, I'm just very excited for y'all to watch. And, uh, for me personally, that was just, it's, it was the most fun because I got to train. I got, I got to actually box and I, and I got to work with professional fighters and I, and I, and I got to be in a ring, you know, and there, the, the ref is an actual professional boxing ref who was there. And so for me, I'm like, I can't believe this is real life. If, if my 10 year old self could see me now, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it, that, so far that's been my favorite leap. Not my favorite episode, or they're all my favorites, but that's been my favorite personal leap just for the boxing. And yeah. Has, has there been a lot of, um, we, we know that, uh, there was a NASA consultant on set for episode two. You've just mentioned, I, I, we had no idea. I don't think that there was, uh, um, so much support for episode three. Have you had specialists surrounding you the whole way? Yeah, to some capacity. Yeah. Um, the female bounty hunter episode, uh, the, 
Uh, no, <laughs> because I don't know how, how professional you, female bounty hunter. Yeah, that would have been very cool. Honestly, I would have just uh, on all my lunch breaks, I would have been like, "So, what's it like? What's life?" Um, but yeah, I, to some capacity, there's always been professionals uh, t- teaching us to do the professional thing. Uh, for the western, there was some most of our cast, uh, actually one actor in particular, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't, I can't remember his name right now. I think he's been in like 40 westerns. And so I was just watching him be, and I was like, that's how you do a Western. Okay. Um, and yeah, our, yeah, our writers are so immensely smart that they know so much as well. So, um, that's why they're given the episodes that they're given to write, uh, also, but yeah. So exciting. I'm excited for Cowboys. I'm excited yeah. for Halloween. I'm just, it's a great show because you're never bored. You just jump from thing to Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Uh, does, I want to ask one of the skills that you just mentioned, and you, you threw it in there and went straight on, but I'm going to make you go back to it. Um, we, we know you like to sing, and we've spoken to other guest stars who've, who've talked about your singing. Um, the reason has been an earworm all week amongst Quantum Leap oh, yeah. fandom. Are we, we going to hear Ben singing? Are we, we going to hear more of that, whether it's the reason or something else? I've got it stuck in my head right know. now. This is entirely awful. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That experience. Let me tell you, uh, I have never been more mortified until uh, 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 than the moment after the rehearsal when I was directing the roots how to play Hoobastank. <laughs> I one of the greatest hip hop bands ever, and possibly one of the greatest drummers ever, how to play these just major chords on, okay, and this is how I want it, okay? And I'm gonna come in here, <laughs> if I can just get a little guitar there just to lead me in, and then the full, yes, yes, and then Questlove is just there, mm hmm, yeah, you know, with our eyes closed. And I went back to the dressing room and I was so mortified that I had done that. But they needed to know what I wanted to do. So, um, but anyways, yeah, I, I hope there can be uh, karaoke. Absolutely, um, yeah, because I'm not a great singer, but I love singing, and it is definitely the way. If there's just silence, I'm usually humming a tune or 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 singing a song like Koopa Stank is the reason. Um, but yeah, yeah, I hope there can be a, a karaoke episode. That'd be terrific because um, one of the signatures of the original series was that Scott was basically like a jack of all trades. So there were so many episodes where he was dancing. You had your tango in in the uh, premiere episode, the pilot, um, singing a lot. So um, there's a lot of connective tissue there that's kind of part of the legacy of the show. But I was wondering, I know that you've been asked this question a million times and um, most leapers already know the answer. I know that you didn't see the show when it was first on, you were introduced to it in syndication, right? Right. Right. So, I mean, since getting yourself familiar with the original um, and getting familiar with Scott and his performance, how does that legacy and Scott's performance as Sam influence your approach to Ben? That's a great question. Um, and it's something that I've thought about a lot. And, you know, when I first got the part, I immediately started binging all day. And I was, and I found myself, um, trying to, um, emulate Scott's performance and it wasn't a good fit for the type of show we had. 
Um, because times, the style of acting has changed, the pace of acting has changed, um, the attention span of viewers have changed, and it's, it, it's, we don't have, um, the, we don't have the luxury of really massaging moments because I, I, every episode was like a feature film. Um, and we're trying to do something similar, but we also have so much more story to jam pack. Um, and so, yeah, I found that very early on that it, it wasn't going to do me any good to, to recreate his performance because also how do you recreate something so perfect? And so for me, I had to find my own way into it. So watching more episodes for reference wasn't doing me any good. And instead of just watching it as a viewer, um, and it's also impossible to remember what I saw in sixth grade, uh, to try to recreate those memories and how that would correlate with what I'm doing. But yeah, to answer your question, it, it, it was something that I had put thought into. Um, but I, at some point I, I had to let go of it so I can follow my own path with this new show and just had to lean in more to who, who I was. I think they've done a good job so far of, um, giving you space to sort of react to the leaps. But as you said, it's a much different show. It's a lot more fast paced and mm. we've been basically doing a lot of 50, 50. We have the leap plot. We have the project plot and we have mm. a lot of intercutting. I think the real connected tissue there is, is Caitlin as, as Addison, as the shows go on, you say you kind of find your footing in the boxing episode. Do we just get to breathe a little bit more with Ben and see him more in these situations kind of, I know it will never be the same pacing as the original, because as you said, times have moved on, but it'd be right. nice to see, you know, a, a bit more immersive in, in the leaps. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think we do. Um, I think because in the first two episodes, there's so much to establish, not only headquarters, but all the players in the headquarters and, all the nuanced relationships inside there. And, and now we find that there is a, a nefarious character in, in all of this. And so there's a lot to jam in and essentially it's the same amount of time that the original had to. So it's, mm. it's, it's aggressively fast than it's been. Um, but yeah, as the episodes progress, um, there, there is a little bit of slowing down and breathing. I personally would love more of that as well. But again, we, we have an ensemble cast. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's, it is just a different show. And, and I think it's great in terms of expanding, expanding the universe that is Quantum Leap. Um, but yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, like you were mentioning that the, the connective tissue there is Caitlin and, um, you know, she's, she's working hard just like on a physical level because she's working in the headquarters. She's working with, with me on the leaps and, and, um, she's required to deliver a lot of story. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I am lucky to have someone so capable like Caitlin by my side, not only as Ben, but as Raymond, uh, Ray, I called myself Raymond after asking you to call me Ray. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, because it, you know, she really is who, who that character is. She is in, insanely smart, incredibly capable and yeah, she should have been the leaper, but I don't yeah. know. Yeah. That was an interesting wrinkle. I kicked myself after we spoke to Caitlin because um, it just never even occurred to me to ask her how she felt about that aspect of the character. So, Caitlin, if you're listening, we'll have you back and I'm going to ask you that question specifically. <laughs> but, you know, 
I was just talking about um, sort of harkening back to the pacing of the original series, but at heart, I'm like a lore geek and I love like all the project stuff. And I love that we're spending so much time back at the project and all the, we we're talking about connective tissue, all the Now's connective the time tissue. Now's the time to quiz them though. Now's yeah, the time to that's quiz it. Them so, so in episode three, <laughs> season one, also a boxing episode. <laughs> But, you know, we, we've it's OK. We'll go easy on you. Um, we've spoken to Susan Deal, who reprised her role as Beth Calavici. And uh, we found out now that Ben is working with Janice Calavici and Magic himself was once a leapy, which I know they're going to be exploring in future episodes. So, I mean, all of this ties to the original series in so many different ways. Can we as leapers who love all of this stuff expect more callbacks to the original project as time goes on? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what's incredible is that every writer in, the, in that writer's room were immense fans of the original. So as much as we're progressing and, and expanding the universe, we're, we're still definitely uh, trying our best to honor the original and, we personally love it. The writers love it. Um, as many tie-ins and Easter eggs as we can possibly manage to fit in there, it'll be in there. Um, one thing that's really cool, I think uh, y'all are going to love, is um, there's going to be three different handlings in one episode. <laughs> <laughs> we were just waiting, waiting for the old, the old school handling to be busted out at some point. It's got to be. Yeah. Susan kind of alluded to that. Um, she didn't say it outright, so um, no NDAs were broken, Susan. Don't worry. Um, and <laughs> Caitlin, Caitlin had mentioned that you guys had to work around the fact that you shot with a different hand link in the original pilot, so there is going to be a nod to that. So I'm thinking we can maybe even pinpoint the episode then. Um, say no more. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't even know. I, I might be in so much trouble for saying that, but... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, it was something I noticed uh, that because it, it's not on the page, uh, but it, it's in the scene, and I'm like, uh, "Is anyone else seeing this?" <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. Sorry if I gave away something I shouldn't have, but I thought that was really cool. So, oh, we're just super excited. We're excited about any tidbits. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Uh, we're just, you know, now that we know that we're going to be seeing some old school stuff, we just can't wait for Deborah to reprise her role as Ziggy uh, once Ziggy wakes up. Oh, it's going to be so exciting. I got chills. Uh, I didn't know in the pilot episode that Deborah was going to do the voiceover on top. Um, and I, apparently it was a really last minute addition. Um, oh. But, you know, we fired it up and my entire body just like all the hairs on the back of my neck rose up because I'm like, oh my God, it's like, this is so perfect. What a beautiful uh, continuation and uh, what a what a great through line to have. And, you know, Deborah's been so present with us. Uh, she's there almost every day on set, it, even if she can only pop in for five to 10 minutes and, and spread her love. But she really is, uh, with her around, I can feel the energy that, that was there uh, the first time around and, and with, and, and it allows us to really work at our top potential to know that we have her blessings as we, as we forge forward. Um, so yeah, Deborah, if you're listening, I love you. Thank you so much, uh, for, for being there for us and, and, and for sharing your love and for giving us your blessings. Um, yeah, 
I got chills when I when I first heard that her voiceover. I was, oh. It was great. Did you uh, did you watch the premiere with your family? Yeah, um, had a little. Uh, it was it was scary because we um, we were shooting that day and it was on at ten, as you know, and and uh, we wrapped at nine. And I, I had invited all my friends over to my my in laws' house and. Uh, and my mom was there. They were all waiting. And we were just like, I, I got home. I got changed real fast. And I just went straight there. And, and all my close six, six closest friends with all their significant others. And uh, my, my kids were asleep already. But, um, yeah, my mom was there. Um, and, you know, my wife was there. And, and it, was, it was just, it was great. It was, it, was, it was a beautiful celebration of not only, uh, you know, myself and my journey in this path as an actor, but a celebration of a beautiful show that, that means so much, um, that, that, that stands for all the right things, especially at a time where shows like, and nothing, no knock on Dahmer or anything like that, but it it is a, a strange celebration of something that perhaps shouldn't be celebrated. Um, but, and it's, but it makes for great television and makes for great, um, drama and all that but you know for me personally I, I i love stories like this where um folks can gather around the tv of all ages and can experience something together and, and to me that's very special especially now being a father of two kids and and always looking for uh ways to spend time with them together and, and watch something with them together um yeah it was a it was a it was a great 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 night i might just uh just switching track very briefly, and this is something quite specific, but I'm just really interested. Um, we we saw early on when we were desperate for for footage and for material. One of the first things that we saw of, of Ben was what we gather as specially filmed trailers. There was the, the Joe Montana leap, the heavy metal chick, the Desert Storm. Um, was that how early on in production for that was you? Were you still getting a feel for Ben when you were suddenly out there promoting it, or was it a bit yeah. a bit further down the line? No, it was very early on. Um, yeah, it, it, it was it was a strange day because we shot all of those in one day, uh, and it, it really felt like a, a, an entire week's worth of work in one day. Um, but it, it was cool because it was just the leaps, right? And and I, when I saw it all smashed in with the trailer, I was like, "Wow, our show seems like it like so much bigger than it was at the time." Um, and I was actually kind of concerned about that because I, I, I talked to Martin and I was like, are we at all concerned that our viewers are never going to, never going to see me as Joe Montana? <laughs> He's like, no, it'll be great. It's just more eyes to the show. <laughs> and, uh, never say never. Uh, just, just do the Joe Montana leap next year. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Uh, the female rocker for sure. That one was, uh, I was like, this, shit, this could be an episode. Um, and a very manageable one and something I would love to do. Um, but yeah, it, it was very early on. Uh, I, yeah, I was still getting a grasp of, of who Ben was. And, and, and I guess in hindsight, if I were to think about it, 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 we treated it as if it was the first leap each time. Um, so very surprising. It's, it's a lot less, um, like, okay, what is my next leap? It is more so like, where the heck am I? Who am I? Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, speaking to that point and uh, in the weeds, but it seemed like Ben was going to have the catchphrase, oh, shit, 
Um, have we backed away from that? Is that is that still a possibility? What's going on with the oh shit? I don't know. I don't know. The, the, um, the, the origin story with the oh shit is very unclear uh, because it's not it, – it's, it's on the – it's written on the page in the original. Um, and when I remember the day we shot it in Vancouver, I was strapped onto – the, uh, the, the, the space shuttle about to take off and, and, uh, we tried all different versions. We definitely tried Oh Boy several times and then, and then, and then we went on to the Oh Shits and then we went on to the Oh Shh. <laughs> so we can't really say the shit. We just can't. Um, so. <laughs> maybe yeah. Just uh, and perhaps maybe for peacock audiences, maybe shit could live in there. So, uh, maybe there'd be a edit for the peacocks uh, but, yeah. I mean, oh shit seems really appropriate <laughs> like, given where he's at it's crazy that he's not saying more <laughs> I had to get to the bottom of that that's lingering mystery yeah, yeah, right. it's just being a new swear every time just cut off great so much more plausible than oh boy yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, oh no boy doesn't cut it every time sometimes you're yeah. in a situation it's not no boy moment <laughs> yeah and i know we're joking about that but oh boy was scott's signature in the series and it was the hallmark of the series um in yeah. many ways when you guys were doing the oh boys what what made you decide to move on from that uh, mostly because I was directed to say stop uh, and then move on to the oh shits. Um, but, okay. uh, you know, it, it did feel like, um, you know, in the same vein of, of wanting to separate myself from, from what came previously and finding my own voice and my, my own way into the story and the character, it also just... Um, it was incredibly, it was kind of an honor to say it, first of all. Uh, and secondly, I knew that it wasn't, it wasn't mine, you know? And so, you know, collectively, it, it, it wasn't something that I said, like, I want my own catchphrase. It was more of just like collectively, like, we, it's a new show. Um, we should have new things to say. <laughs> okay. That's fair enough. Yeah. And the ocean's still evocative. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It gets the point across. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, you've been generous with your time and, you know, in the vein of, of sort of that new stuff to come, uh, are there any aspects of the story in general or the series in general that um, you'd like to discuss that we haven't touched upon or any tidbits that you can give us besides the bombshell announcement of three handlings in one episode? <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I, I, I'm particularly uh, right now uh, really interested in in just – uh, Ben's, um, just his endurance, his, where he finds himself mentally, uh, after having done five, six, seven leaps and now fully knowing that he might not be returning home anytime soon and learning to grasp with that reality, finding out more and more about who Addison is to him. You know, here's a guy who doesn't even know what he looks like, let alone who he loves. And so that's it's been really fun for me to try layering in um, 
all of that and see the toll that each of these leaps have taken on him. And it's a great, um, it's a great challenge as an actor. It's, it's a, it's a great storytelling challenge and, um, you know, how these leaps, if they do end up affecting him and is he going to compromise any of his core values because he is compromised, you know, and, and these are all things I think as a human being, we try to do our best, but and at times we just can't, we just can't. And so it's, it's been very interesting for me to see and chart what the writers have been writing, the discussions that we've been having. And, 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 uh, you know, I, I, I have a little workbook of like, wow, you know, this has happened in this leap. That must have taken something from his soul. <laughs> you know, this had happened in this leap. You know, and, and, um, yeah, that's been particularly interesting for me to chart. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. The Halloween episode is going to be so fun. Just, yeah. <laughs> I love Halloween. I love Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We just wrapped that and, uh, and, and we're all just so giddy because it's like, Oh my gosh. Um, because I think that Monday also falls on Halloween too. Um, mm. if I, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, but yeah. So it does. Fun. Yeah. I, I read an interview with Martin Garrow, uh, where he said it was some sort of take on the exorcists. I'm like, what in the world could be going on? Ever, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I was legitimately frightened, uh, reading the episode, but it's also so it's hilarious. Um, but yeah, it is, it is, it, it's an homage to the exorcist. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for everything that's to come. Definitely. So are we. I know how much the original, and here's the thing too. Um, when I speak with fans of the original, the energy that I get from them is not like this ravenous, like, like, Oh my God, it's coming back. It's like, Oh, it's, it's, what do you get? it's, it's more of just a very, you know, they, they had an experience with the show that really touched them. It was something that they either watched, um, with I had so much of these stories too. It was like, it's a show that I watched with my dad. It's a show that, that we watched as a family and it's, they're very thoughtful, uh, very emotionally in touch, very empathetic beings who are extremely smart. Um, and it's, I've been met with, um, so much warmth that it has allowed me to do my job better. And, uh, you know, I, of course, there's going to be a negative with any 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 project that's previously loved. Uh, there's going to be people who, who hold it close to them, but you know, the 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 good far outweighs the bad. And I I just need to thank the the original fan base, and I, I need to thank you for having me on and for for uh, for embracing me and and uh, you know for 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 willing to take this journey with me and through my eyes. No. Yeah. So thank you so much for having me on and, and, and thank you for, for um, just bringing me in and, 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 and allowing for all this to, to happen with, with your, with your blessings. So thank you. Yeah. We're excited to take the journey with you. We're excited to keep track of Ben's evolution and uh, we look forward to many episodes to come and many seasons of sharing it with you. Thank you, Ray, so much for being on the Quantum Leap podcast with us. Guys, are you still on the Raymond High? I mean, I thought oh. it couldn't get any better. Like, we, So just to give everybody a real-time thing, 
Uh, it's now Sunday night. We spoke to Raymond Lee Saturday evening. We saw this episode Sunday late afternoon. It's now Sunday night. We're we're doing the episode, uh, the podcast for the episode. I am on such a freaking quantum leap high. Raymond was amazing. <laughs> what a weekend. And what so a good. genuinely nice guy. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. I love Raymond Lee. Yeah. <laughs> I love Raymond Lee. Yeah. It was it was such a great conversation with him. He was so humble and funny and everyone's been so incredibly genuine and nice and um he's a- among some of the nicest and most genuine like just a really great guy and I was glad we got to talk with him and especially just before this episode because um I think he's he's really becoming the character now like we're yeah. really getting to yeah. see him shine in this show and i couldn't be happier for him i'm really happy for him um to get this opportunity with the show to see his career take off you know like uh he's just so talented hmm. yeah and i honestly i felt a genuine affinity when we were talking i mean he's just i think that he feels the weight of the legacy and he takes it seriously and sure. um you know mm. from some of the things he said you know he's he's as terrified as anybody else of not doing it justice so that to me speaks volumes and the fact that i think we really kind of jived with him maybe this is just me like you know fooling myself but was, at the <laughs> end know. it was almost like no no you hang up no you yes. hang I up know. yeah I was like, please let this be real. It just felt like we were all buds. I want to buy him a drink. <laughs> For sure. So, yeah. Yeah. So, Raymond, if you're ever out on the island uh, and you're listening to I'm sorry, you told me to call you Ray. Ray, if you're ever out here on Long Island, uh, Caitlin might be out at her sister's oyster farm. We'll all get together. Oysters <laughs> and beers are on me, we'll right? Standing out. invitation. <laughs> You too, Matt and Allison, if you want to come on. Whoa. Be <laughs> well, just, just all come to Britain. Right. And Albie. Yeah. I don't want to leave Albie out. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Terrific interview with Raymond Lee. And uh, I should just make this announcement now, shouldn't I? Um, so far, we've spoken to Caitlin, Addison, Mason, Ian, uh, Susan, Beth, Raymond, Ben. Next week, we will be bringing you an interview with magic himself, we are going to be speaking yes. to Ernie Hudson. <laughs> it just oh. keeps getting better and better, folks. I am going to struggle not to divert that interview towards Ghostbusters. I'm just saying this in advance, guys. I'm sorry. You know, the funny thing is, yeah, I, there were so many things that we could have spoken to Ray about, and I've been trying to um, keep yeah. these very quantum leap centric. Yes. It's going to be tough with Ernie. It's going to be, I yeah. mean, I've been watching the guy my whole life. Yes. You know, I, I, I don't know how not to ask him about Ghostbusters, but I'll try. I'll try. I know our time might us, be limited. Tell us all about your career. Is is there anything that you ain't afraid of? <laughs> I'll just throw him for a loop. I'll be like, you know that movie Congo? Can you tell us about that? <laughs> I'll be like, is there anything that especially makes you feel good? <laughs> See, anyway, sure next you got the week tools, on the, the talent, podcast. right? <laughs> That's going to be amazing. So, yeah, uh, we're already geeking out over that. So hopefully it goes as well as it's going in our heads right now. Uh, <laughs> you'll be here with us, uh, listeners, to uh, to witness history in the making. I mean, we are on a roll here, and we're just so happy that we're able to talk to all of these new cast members. They've all been so open and so receptive to us and respectful of the fan community, which is just amazing. I mean, just all genuinely good, good people that uh, we've come in contact with. So 
Ernie next, and then we'll get Nan Rissa. I can feel it, Nan Rissa. Yeah. She's the last domino to fall. So <laughs> we're going to get Jen in here, and she's going to tell us all about the sneaky intrigue behind the scenes that she's protecting magic from. I can't wait. She's got to tell us about all her cool outfits. She's yeah. Got, she's got like a good wardrobe in this show. She had these she like kind of like a uh, platform converse going on in one episode. Pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, we didn't even discuss um, Ian's uh, outfit in this episode. I loved their jacket and tie ensemble. The tie reminded me a bit of Al. Hmm. Yeah, the tie had some kind of colorful elements. I am kind of noticing that uh, Ian's wardrobe is kind of like um, quirky shades of beige. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Quirky shades of beige. That's my college band. Quirky shades of beige. Um. Please stop with these earth tones. I'm I'm begging them on this show. Just with everyone. Addison too. Um we were kind of joking, me and Phelan, we were watching it. We we're like her outfit kind of looks like she could be in the 70s and then they panned over and then like Daryl was wearing the same jacket as her and it's like wait, wait. <laughs> She shops at a, that was Daryl's jacket. She shops at a vintage store and oh, it just saw it's kind of yeah. like uh, Kirk's uh, eyeglasses. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Just this show could be a little more colorful. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> give, give me some color. <laughs> well, I'm sure that we'll, uh, we'll see some, some color when now that we have a hand link involved, that color is going to start brightening up. We're going to see Ziggy. We even saw a little bit more color in this hand link. Did you guys notice when Addison was, was whacking it? They had a couple of oblique angles where you could sort of see the top of it. And it wasn't just uh, like black and blue like it's been. They they integrated some colors into oh, into the circle. Nice. Yeah. I did not so notice take that. a look cool. at that again. I mean, I noticed it because I was so hyper focused on seeing the hand link and you know if our logo is still accurate because we might have to mm. tweak it. But uh, <laughs> give it yeah. these bright colors, looking like a little uh, Simon <laughs> Says thing exactly. in the blocks. <laughs> <laughs> what was that Milton? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> It was very popular. Yeah. Oh when I was man, a kid. you know, you know what I just realized too. If Janice is doing this whole setup with uh, an imaging chamber, an accelerator, or whatever it is uh, involving this hand link, um, they could switch it out for the other hand link if she's intending to use it. They, it might be they want to have her whack it and do other stuff that they can't mm-hmm. really do with that stand-in. The yeah. reason they used it is because initially, before we talked to Deborah Pratt, they couldn't find any ones mm. left that were in any good condition they were all falling apart um so replica props really uh save the day <laughs> with their uh with their handling props so if they do end up being used on screen they can end up doing more things with them because they're not so fragile yeah that's true they can always get there's more where that came from just call morgan so yeah that's great so i mean yeah uh Let's 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 hope that we get a plethora of handlings, as Ray alluded to in the interview. I'm excited. I'm can't excited. Wait see, can't wait to see that triple handling episode. Ooh. It's gonna be it's gonna be a moment in quantum leap history. Moment in quantum leap history. So it's Triple yeah. H, Triple Handlink. <laughs> Bring the wrestling back in. Handling cubed. <laughs> All right. So, um, and you know the fact that uh, we can tweak. Uh, create new logos and tweak logos to reflect a current handlink design is all due to the fact that we have money to do so. And that's all due to the fact that we have amazing patrons that support our show. And if you don't know where I'm going with this, I have some new patrons to announce, guys. So let's give it up for two new patrons. We have Isabel coming in at the $5 Leaper level. And woo, Isabel. And we have, you're going to have to help me with this, Ash is embracing my inherent cringe arc. 
<laughs> Love it. Also, coming in at the $5 leaper level, Ash is embracing my inherent cringe art. If you, mi- if you don't mind, I'm going to call you Ash just for, for Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to call you cringe. Aren't we all, aren't we all, embar- <laughs> aren't we all embracing our inherent cringe arc at this moment? You know? I'm very just self-confident. Speak cringe, for yourself. And then you become free. <laughs> No cringe here. No cringe here. I'm very, very self-absorbed. But uh, I want to thank both. I don't know. I've been acting kind of cringe. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. But I I want to thank Isabel. I want to thank Ash. Uh, At the $5 Leaper level, you both get access to our exclusive bonus content, including Leaps Elsewhere and Fangent and the Oh Boy interviews, as well as I've been thinking about doing a couple of more shows. We're going to have one that's saying, what was the beige the beige comment you made before, Allison? Oh, quirky shades of beige. <laughs> I feel like that should be a Patreon show. I don't know what it's going to be about, but it's too good a title to not be a Patreon show. So I'll build something <laughs> around that. And I've also been thinking about there's been so many great needle drops in this series that I want to maybe do, do something about the music. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we got Marvin Gaye in this one, Gotta Give It Up, which is one of my favorite songs of all time. I love Marvin Gaye. So They've been spending the money on yeah. getting some good songs for this, so... Props to yeah, them. and and you know I might have to cut this because we just saw the screener. It could be a different song, uh, you know, when it airs on Monday. But I still want to leave the chat in because that could be another interesting thing to talk about on Patreon. Maybe what we saw on the screener versus what makes it to air. And since we had such a big problem with the music rights in the original series, I mean, this is sort of carrying that on. We can actually document all of this stuff in real time. And I know Matt's been writing this stuff down furiously. <laughs> yes, you know. He's not just watching Quantum Leap. He's he's doing research and homework, and he's just overwhelmed, I'm sure, with uh, so much stimuli. <laughs> yeah, I'm writing a book about this at the moment. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, lots of great stuff going on on Patreon. Um, also, at that $5 level, Isabel and Ash, you're part of the Quantum Leap Podcast Book Club, which means that I will be sending you a bookmark for the book club. We will resume the book shows when uh, the series goes on hiatus uh, for the for the Christmas break and hopefully, you know, comes back for the back nine uh, at the beginning of next year. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll have plenty of shows to come where we can talk about the books and the comics as we've been doing before the new series drops so that bookmark will come in handy if any of you out there want to be like isabel or ash and support us on patreon you can find us at patreon.com slash quantum leap podcast you'll see all of the support levels there and all of the great things that you can get at any level so again that's patreon.com slash quantum leap podcast and we haven't just heard from isabel and ash we also have some feedback and i kind of like this one because it's sort of like wacky fan headcanon stuff not to call you wacky meredith but we did get an email from uh, a listener named meredith and she has a new theory based on atlantis allison do you want to start off on this one sure new theory based on atlantis After Mirror Image, it was assumed that Sam started leaping as himself. That means the people he saved since then have seen his face. So what if Ben knew Sam's face before he ever came onto the project? Suppose Ben, or his parents, were actually someone that Sam saved, and then Sam died in the process. Ben would feel the need to correct that. So Janice's and Ben's plan was to get to that time and place and still save Ben and his family, but also spare Sam's life? But assuming this is the truth, why didn't he share this with the group? 
because Addison had already been selected to travel through time. Ben came onto the project intending to simply advise Addison as a hologram, but once Janice figured out how to hit the target, Ben felt that he needed to do this instead to pay back Sam. But he couldn't tell Addison that he was planning to hijack the project and rob her of her chance to travel through time, especially after he fell in love with her. This is my theory, and it would be the perfect way for Quantum Leap to conclude, don't you think? Sincerely, Meredith of Everett, Washington. See what I love about this? Uh, I know it's a little out there, but we have had so many headcanons and so many different things based on the the classic series. What about this and what about that? We're now tying all that stuff together with the new series after like two episodes. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I this love is amazing. How the fans are embracing this and making Ben an inextricable part of Sam's fate. Yeah. So. <laughs> Oh, that's pretty cool. I like that yeah. theory. Uh, yeah. You might have heard a noise there. My cat decided to just flop her head all over the place. <laughs> she likes the theory too. <laughs> yeah. She just, she goes, oh, that theory is so good. Gives me chills. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a pretty good idea. I wouldn't mind that idea. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Listen, I mean, I know that they always intended to tie Sam and Ben together somehow, uh, based on um, mild spoilers from you know Scott himself about the the original pilot script. Um, I I think that Ben, looking at that point in time, is somehow linked to Sam. Why else would Janice be involved? So Sam's specter looms large in the series. So why not make it something like that? I think that's that's kind of a neat a neat uh, a neat take on it. Whether or not. You know, whether or not it actually happens in the series, it still make great fanfic. So mm. Meredith gets yeah. a writing. <laughs> oh, there's already there's already Quantum Leap 2022 fanfic, by the way. I know uh, Carol Davis has written at least a couple now. She's yeah. been like posting old uh, fanfics and then she uh, she wrote a couple new ones based on the new show already. Go, Carol, uh, go. For people who don't remember uh, Carol Davis, she was uh, an author of two of the novels for the original series. Yeah, and she's been uh, basically uh, forced to be reckoned with in the fanfic community uh, for Quantum Leap forever. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's been one of the biggest cheerleaders for the new show. By the way, like she's all over Twitter. She started the the hashtag Take the Leap. Yeah, you know, oh, really? That's Carol. Use. I've used that. Yeah. Thank yeah, you, Carol. She started that. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So yeah, um, she's really uh, keeping the show alive even now. Yeah. So, I mean, and this also points out we've been getting uh, a lot more feedback since the new show began in every medium, Twitter, Facebook, email. Uh, I haven't looked at the voicemail because I haven't had time, but I'm sure we're getting some voicemails. And another show I'm thinking of bringing to the Patreon feed, we will always feature feedback, at least one letter or more in every episode of the podcast, because that's how we connect with listeners. But now that we're getting so much, it might warrant its own show on Patreon as well, just to go through all the feedback and discuss it more in depth. So I've done that before on other shows, and it always turns out to be a lot of fun. And we always build such great fan community and, you know, engender such goodwill when we do that because everybody's just geeking out about the thing that they love. So, um, sure. yeah, Sounds take cool. a look at. Yeah, take a look at Patreon for that. We might be doing uh, periodic shows just to handle all the feedback that we're getting. And we're getting so much good stuff. It's just that we have limited time. I can't get to everything all the time. So, mm-hmm. But uh, thank you, Meredith, for giving us this flight of fancy. And I, I for one, really like it. Yeah. I-, I wanted to throw out real quick, because we were mentioning Carol Davis <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> on Twitter, Ashley McConnell. <laughs> 
posted something when she found out they were going with kind of the mind leap theory where she's like uh, basically like oh an often abused uh, author is finally getting some vindication huh you go ashley amazing (laughs) so good for you ashley it's terrific (laughs) she was basically that that scene in uh, brooklyn 99 where he's like vindication It all comes that around. Makes me yeah, so yeah. happy. Oh, we all have our day in the sun. Oh, that's terrific. So, uh, Carol and Ashley still still at it. I love it. I love it. And uh, we have one more Ashley novel to read. So, I'm going to try to get her on the show we, when we do random measures. I think that's our next one, as a matter of fact. Oh, was that her also? I thought yeah, we did all of hers. Yeah. I guess she had no, another one. Ashley did random measures. That was the last Ashley novel in the run. Right. So, so we still have a chance to talk to Ashley. If you're listening, uh, we, we want to hear from you. But uh, anyway, if you would like to be like Meredith and get in touch with us with your fan theories, there are many ways that you can do so. You can drop us a line at P.O. Box 542 Bayport, New York, 11705. You can get us on the phone at 707-847-6682. You can email us at quantumleappodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash quantumleappodcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quantumleappod. And you can also find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash thequantumleappodcast. And speaking of YouTube, uh, you can go to our YouTube channel again, youtube.com slash thequantumleappodcast and see my interview with John Chafin, who plays Daryl in this episode. I spoke to him uh, just the other day and a terrific dude. I had I had a great time talking to him and the interview was terrific. So go on over there and take a look at that. You can also see the video version of the interview you just heard with Raymond Lee and you can look in his eyes and just see what a genuinely good guy he is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I recommend you do watch the video version because he, w- he was doing some stuff that was really funny that I think like you just get visually, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, uh, but plenty more Raymond to come. Uh, Matt, tell us what we're going to be talking about next. Well, next week we're going to be talking about episode four, A Decent Proposal. Yeah, yeah. See what they're doing with the titles there. Buy a drink. No, no thanks, I've already got one. You want to get out of here? My place is right down the street. That's an interesting offer, but I'm actually meeting someone. Hopefully soon. <laughs> All right. You want to dance? Come on, I'm a really good dancer. You know what they say about good dancers? And we have a synopsis. Uh, Ben leaps to 1980s Los Angeles and into the body of Ava Sandoval, a no-nonsense bounty hunter in the midst of securing an elusive target. Ben remembers more about his own life. Hmm. And I have already spoken to uh, the the lady that plays the mirror image for that episode, and uh, she shared some stuff with me, and it sounds super exciting. So I'm looking forward to that one. Ooh. I believe that is the episode directed by Rachel Talalay as well. Yes. So uh, yes. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Oh, that, that, you know, I thought this episode would be, <laughs> this episode we just watched would be more comedic and it really wasn't. I mean, it had more comedic elements to it, but over it wasn't a comedy story per se. Uh, but I think this one might be the decent proposal. For sure. 
I hear female, I hear bounty hunter, I think Jane Civet and a hunting we will go. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I, I, this is a high bar because that is one of my all-time favorite episodes. So hopefully A Decent Proposal uh, lives up to the shadow of a hunting we will go. But we shall see. Until then, I have been Christopher DeFilippis. I've been Alison Pregler. And I've been Matt Dale. And we will see you next time. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Quantum Leap podcast, hosted by Allison, Matt, and Chris, with voice talent and contributions from Hayden McQueenie and Zoe Dean. Visit us at quantumleappodcast.com. To support the show, please go to patreon.com slash quantumleappodcast. The executive producer of the Quantum Leap podcast is Albert Burge. Christopher DeFilippis and Hayden McQueenie are the co-executive producers. Special thanks to our producers, Mike Covert, Joshua Burwald, Jeff Kiska, Craig Riedler, Cosplay Dad, Charles Allen Gossard, and Morgan Felden. The thoughts expressed on this podcast are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent those of the Quantum Leap podcast, its partners, or affiliates. The Quantum Leap universe and all it contains is the property of Belisarius Productions and Universal Television. The Quantum Leap podcast is not affiliated with Belisarius Productions or Universal Television and no copyright infringement is intended. The Quantum Leap Podcast is a Baron Space production.